When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, we have another banger. We are on a roll. These are just solid gold books. It is Soapstar. Oh, man. We're just in such a good run. It's just, oh, oh it's, it's all gold all the way down, you guys. It's very exciting. <laughs> it really, really is. And we will dive right in with some taglines and blurbs. I have strong feelings about the cover tagline. <laughs> will fame ruin Jessica? <laughs> I mean, I I think fame has to get in line. (laughs) (laughs) I think that ship has sailed. I mean, (laughs) yes, agree. (laughs) She is pretty terrible already. So, Mm -hmm. you know, how much more low can she go? Um, (laughs) Can you share the back cover line, please? I certainly can. Is it all over for Sam and Jessica? As usual, the answer is no. But she behaves absolutely appallingly to him. Oh, it's not good. It is not a good look for Jessica. (laughs) Really, really isn't. But it is very entertaining. Mm. And here is the full blurb. When Jessica Wakefield's favourite soap opera, The Young and the Beautiful, announces that it's looking for a set of beautiful blonde twins for a special week-long storyline, she's sure that she's just a step away from getting both an acting career and handsome Brandon Hunter, star of daytime TV. (laughs) And allegedly like the biggest star in the world, as a result. Because that's how that sort of fame works. Anyway, (laughs) when she and her twin sister Elizabeth actually get the parts, their lives change even more dramatically than either had expected. Jessica gets carried away with all the publicity about her supposed relationship with Brandon and dumps Sam, the boy she really loves. (sighs) Will Jessica realise that she's just another starlet to the conceited Brandon in time to salvage her relationship with Sam? (gasps) Spoiler alert. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but let's just say that, uh, sadly, it won't be salvaged for too long. Oh, God. 
Hashtag jungle prom. Look, the clock is ticking on this poor fucker. As much <laughs> as we love him, it's just, we all know what's going to happen. <laughs> we do. Well, to lighten the mood again, can you describe the amazing cover? Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> it's just <laughs> chef's kiss. Oh. oh, James Matthews knocking it out of the park once again. Uh, yeah, it's Jessica in full on soap star mode. She is looking sensational, looking to camera with a regal wave. Oh, so regal. I mean, so good. Looking fucking delighted with herself, as Jessica always does. Um, the dress, like, I mean, where to begin? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, this book is good for outfits. Oh, my God. There is a wealth <laughs> of outfits. I was so happy. Uh, and yeah, and I think, yeah, this dress is one that's described in the book, which, again, is just a cherry on top. We just fucking love when that happens. Um, it's so satisfying. And yeah, it's just this beautiful purple spaghetti straps, kind of like lacy sort of overlay on it. There is... Oh. Like is it like a bit of a dropped waist kind it of situation? It is a bit of a dropped waist. It's sort of hip. The the like mm. the skirt comes out sort of at hip length. Yeah, I think there's a big ribbon as well. There's a big bow I think on her <gasps> hip as well. It's kind of you can sort of see the side of it. Like it's stunning, magnificent. <laughs> I love it. Fuck's um, who's that on her she, arm? Fuck's oh, Well, unfortunately, it's not poor old Sam. <gasps> uh, so this, I guess, is Brandon Hunter, even though. I mean, this guy looks like a middle-aged TV executive that's creepily bringing the new ingenue to (laughs) an awards show. But I guess this is meant to be teen soap heartthrob Brandon Hunter. Uh, Yeah, this is not a teen uh, or a man in his early 20s, which is what Brandon is meant to be. Uh, Yeah, this guy, I don't know. He looks like an estate agent that I would not trust. Um, (laughs) Which, to be fair, I I never trust estate agents anyway, so (laughs) that's not saying a lot. Matthew Perry vibes oh really okay okay I can kind of see that the hair was throwing me off but the face Uh, yeah you're actually right a little bit if you kind of cover the terrible hair I do see that (laughs) yeah fair I'll allow it (laughs) (laughs) but yes he's all decked out in his like black tie tuxedo so looking very fancy but yes they're obviously at some big glitzy awards due and yeah Jess is having the time of her life great she really is and uh yeah as you said this is a scene that takes place in the book which is always extremely pleasurable so good well we begin this epic saga <laughs> found a crest i mean is there any better place to kick things off <laughs> absolutely is not uh where jessica is showing lila the hollywood reporter and um and cries, it's true. The rumour is really true. And what could that rumour be? Well, she had just been talking about at the end of the last book that uh, her favourite soap opera were looking for identical twins for the show. And I do enjoy that the soap opera is The Young and the Beautiful. So it's like yeah. a mashup of The Young and the Restless yeah. and The Bold and the Beautiful. <laughs> so that's very enjoyable. Well done, Ghostwriter. <laughs> Yeah, they're conducting, uh, the casting director, Natasha Talbot, is conducting a statewide search for young, beautiful, charming twins who not only exude the California look, but have that indefinable extra something that spells star quality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jessica says they're made for the, jo- the, the job. She, it's so funny. She kind of does her own twin description while she's talking yes. to Lila. 
She's like, this is perfect for Liz and me. We have the same look. You know, the perfect look. Sunstreaked, blonde hair, blue green <laughs> eyes, tans. Like, who talks about themselves like that? Only <laughs> Jessica Wakefield. <laughs> Very much in character, it has to be said. Oh, absolutely. Like, you can't falter for that because it is, as you say, consistent with how she behaves. But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's so funny that she's just giving us the twin description from her own mouth. <laughs> she, yes. And she, then she says, we have the style. Well, at least I do. And if Liz wears my clothes, she does too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah she also because she's still obsessed with jeeps as you might remember from the last episode um she also thinks this will be the perfect excuse for to force their parents to get them the jeep because they'll need a reliable car to commute to la um and uh you would think that that would give her parents a reason you know because they don't have a reliable car to say this isn't a good idea but i have to say ned and alice are alarmingly um (laughs) permissive in this book yes uh you know it's their classic hands-off parenting (laughs) technique at play again (laughs) they're almost more like the non-existent uh tv show parents than the 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 slightly more responsible parents that they Mm. usually are in the books true um (laughs) But anyway, Jessica's dreaming big. She's fantasizing about Brandon Hunter, the hunk who's the star of the show. And uh, she thinks that he'll develop a passionate crush on her and escort her to fabulous Hollywood parties. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. So, uh, yeah, she's um, she'll convinced that she'll, this will be her big break in Hollywood and uh, she's convinced she can persuade Liz to do it and remembers similar occasions where she manipulated her into doing things. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, we, we get a lot of um, mentions of Miss Teen Sweet Valley and that whole fiasco. We uh, do. And also the fact that... Uh, that Liz kind of came to save Jessica with the Eric Parker TV show stuff as well and did the Mm. interview there. So, of course, yeah, because Lila's kind of saying, you know, what's the big deal? You've already been on TV. You were on Eric Parker's show. But of course, that was actually Liz, but nobody knows that. Indeed. And Mm. also, she doesn't think that really counts as being a TV star because she wasn't like, you know, she was just sort Mm. of a featured player. But in this, she will be (laughs) an acting star. Indeed. And... um, yeah, she's convinced that she's going to be given a permanent job on the uh, on the show. Then she'll she goes into a flight of fancy about how she's going to get a minor role in Brandon's movie, and then she'll she'll get rave reviews, and then she'll be able to pay for college. And uh, Lila sort of gets into it, um, thinking that you know he'll she'll get a celebrity date, and he'll have dozens of eligible male friends who are dying to meet your best pal, Lila. <laughs> I do enjoy Lila getting caught up in Jessica's um, fantasies because, yeah, they're always tremendous fun. (laughs) Very much so. And we do get some good Lila moments and uh, some Mm. good moments for the Lime Green Triumph in this book. Oh, my God. Yes, we do. (laughs) It's got some new features, listeners, which we'll learn about later. (laughs) So, meanwhile, Liz is working on an article for the Oracle about budget decoration for teens. Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, no, this is for the new regional magazine from L.A. It's like a new teen magazine. Oh, so she's submitting. true. Yes. Yeah, sorry. the magazine is called Super Teen. It which is. is a fucking terrible name for a magazine. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's it's if it's even more important than the Oracle if such a thing is possible. <gasps> but uh, yeah, so she's trying to get her work published uh, in, in, yes, more, more widely read publications. Yes. She's also like, she's getting very much ahead of herself. Like, you're 16. 
Like, she just seems to think like it's really imperative that you get published at a national level as soon as possible. It's like, yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, The I was going to say sarcastically, the Los Angeles Times, for that is her target publication, is going to be dying to give a 16-year-old a job when they've got professional journalists out there, but uh, apparently they are. So well, what do I yes. know? <laughs> you know what? We're always wrong about everything. This includes Elizabeth's career trajectory. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does wish that she could afford to buy a word processor because at the moment, like, she's just typing stuff up and if she makes mistakes or, you know, the papers mm. gets uh, splashed when she's working by the pool, uh, she'll have to write it all again. So basically we learn that Liz has a financial incentive to mm. uh, to 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 possibly take part in something that might pay. Hmm. <laughs> Which, where could this go? Oh my God. <laughs> it's just so unpredictable. You never know. <laughs> well, Jessica certainly got an idea of how to make money because she bursts in to Liz and tells her the news about this amazing opportunity in Hollywood. Yeah, it's hilarious. Jessica, as you say, bursts in and just announces uh, that they're going to be TV stars because as far as she's concerned, it's already a done deal that as soon as they turn up, they'll be cast like on the spot. (laughs) Of course. And uh, Liz is like, "Uh, well, okay, you're talking about how this is going to fund a Jeep, but what's the payment? And Jessica's like, oh, it's actually be paid a cash stipend. This is totally union busting, by the way. I'm not sure how they're getting away with this. Oh, shit, you're right. Oh, my God, it totally (laughs) is. <laughs> These bitches are not in a union of any sort. <laughs> it's not the only union busting Liz does in this book, taking photographs for a newspaper when she's not <sighs> in the photographer's union. But anyway, that happens later. Uh, so Liz rightly points out a cash stipend is very vague. It could just be ten dollars, and it uh, doesn't matter anyway because she's not doing it. Um, because uh, you know she's got better things yeah. to do. Jessica is tries to play on her emotions reminding her of recent events. Yes, so she reckons that Liz definitely owes her one because uh, she basically sorted out the whole Chris Lynch fiasco uh, in our last episode where she straightened everything out and confronted Chris and got him to confess that he was the one who was spreading all these things about mm. about Liz and all her friends and making a show of her and ruining her reputation at school. So uh, so her little turn as Jessica Fletcher meets Poirot meets, <laughs> <laughs> meets Columbo uh, means that, uh, yeah, that Liz owes her one. So, so mm. the least she could do to repay the favour is uh, come with her to this audition. But Liz says that she simply just she hates soaps and she just has a big problem with them. And I remember when I read this, the following bit first, I remember thinking, this is very meta. I don't know if I even used the word meta because I was about 17 or 18. But um, <laughs> Liz says, I just don't understand why anyone would want to waste their time watching brainless girls with their equally brainless boyfriends act their way through sickeningly sweet and completely unbelievable plots. Oh my god! Like, yeah, this ghostwriter was having the lols for sure. <laughs> I mean, they had to be definitely. I mean, what else could have sickeningly sweet and completely unbelievable plots, listeners? <laughs> what could they possibly mean? <laughs> so uh, Jessica's uh, like, oh, Brandon's an amazing actor, and uh, Elizabeth is not impressed. She says, oh, about the only thing I'd cast Brandon Hunter is as is a tree they're both equally no. wild no <laughs> oh that's quite good oh god it, I mean it is to be fair but also yeah Liz is quite rude about actors in general I feel like oh she's um, extremely in... snobby and isn't she yeah like she like okay if you don't like soaps but she really slags it off as like that the actors don't do anything and they're all useless and it's like that's a pretty intensive 
job. Like there's a lot yes. of memorizing on the spot and very quick like turnaround stuff. I mean, ludicrously quick as it turns <laughs> out in this book. But like that is a high pressure job with a lot of work to it. And yeah, she's kind of a bitch about uh, the people who work on soaps, to be honest. Yes. And later, she's incredibly rude about them to their faces. <laughs> to which... their face. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's she's basically she's having none of this this mm. scheme, and she's very firm about it. Yes. So that night, Jessica tells Ned and Alice how she's found an amazing way to fund her dream jeep, and um, Liz is like, "No, you haven't, because I'm not doing it." But <laughs> Alice, while Alice points out, "Look, whatever they pay you, it is not going to be enough to buy a jeep if you do it." But you know. If it's up to it's entirely up to the pair of you. We're not going to mm. stand in your way, and uh, so if Liz is happy with it, then we are too. But of course, um, Liz is, is still adamant. And the next day, she tells Ian a doll, and uh, Ian basically reminds us that they're recycling a plotline of the twins of how you know being opposed to uh, to something <laughs> for. for you know, I guess principled reasons because she says shades of Miss Teen Sweet Molly. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And they do keep referencing back to it, especially the way Jess was so convinced that this payment they were going to get mm. for for these roles, uh, if they were to get them, is going to be enough to pay for the Jeep because everyone keeps reminding her, well, remember what happened with Miss Teen Sweet Molly? You thought you were going to win like $10,000 and it was like $100 and a load of annoying jobs to do. Yes. <laughs> so they do keep really hammering the Miss Teen Sweet Valley thing, which is funny because as you say, it is a very... It's repetitive in the way that the twins are kind of opposed on this issue. But yes, I don't know why they keep hammering (laughs) it in. But there you go. (laughs) Well, Edith asks Liz if she's going to Amy's party that night. Um, Because of course she and Hugh, because they've been reunited, will be there. And Liz hopes the party will distract Jessica from from her her soap Mm. obsession. (laughs) (laughs) Later, the twins get dressed into incredible outfits oh my god like oh so satisfying <laughs> <laughs> you'll hear all about them later <laughs> um sam gives both the girls a lift because uh, todd is building flower boxes for his backyard with his dad which i don't um, do we need this detail the flower boxes come up again later I, I don't I, I I did start to wonder were flower boxes a euphemism for something because I was like why do they keep telling us about the fucking flower boxes I don't care <laughs> well speaking of not caring uh, Liz asks Sam about his upcoming races and he's basically he's glad someone is interested because Jessica pays him no attention whatsoever Oh, God. Yeah, Jessica. And in fairness, I feel like early on, she was quite good for like going to his races and yes. being quite involved with that yes. whole side of, of Sam's life. Because it is, it is a very big part of his whole deal. Oh. But yeah, it seems like she just does not go to the races anymore. And even like doesn't even ask what he's up to at the weekend because it's a race. Uh, just has no interest in uh, in his major hobby anymore at all, it seems. Well, uh, she perks up when she... randomly overhears because she's really not paying any attention to this that the race is in Santa Barbara uh, because apparently it's got those cool shops so she decides to go and Liz is glad that that means she'll be rid of Jessica for a day (laughs) (laughs) who can blame her? I mean that's fair yeah (laughs) so they arrive at the party and now when my husband was a toddler apparently he used to walk into any family gathering and extremely obnoxiously go it's me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or I'm here and expect people to be pleased. This yes. is barely excusable in a chubby toddler. 
It is absolutely not acceptable in a 16-year-old. But this is what Jessica does. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, she literally arrives at the party and she's like, hi, everybody. I hope you haven't started without me and like twirls around to show off her outfit. I'm just like, this bitch is deranged. But, you know, again, this is this is classic Jessica. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what we expected. True. I'm surprised they like anyone puts up with her at this stage. But, uh, <laughs> she is tough going. <laughs> well, she's bangs on again about the twin star search. And Bruce mm-hmm. says, it's about time someone did something exciting around here. Sweet Valley is about as dull as you can get. And Enid rightly says, I don't know. I think Sweet Valley's been pretty exciting lately. I mean, we've had talk show hosts come to town, a beauty pageant, police chases. It's <laughs> like, yes, and all the kidnappings too. I mean, that's it. They don't even mention the kidnappings and the amount of times people have been held hostage and all that kind of carry on. Like, honest to God, it's an absolutely mental town. So I don't know what Bruce is on about. Well, um, Liz is like, look, this would just be a week-long contract. This is the route to riches and fame and I'm not interested anyway. And everyone else is is really into it though. They just keep talking Mm. about it. And um, Liz is feeling a little bit sort of ambushed. Because, like, Hmm. she feels that everybody wants them to do this. Yeah, yeah, she's feeling a bit ganged up on, I think, and is kind of like, oh my God, was Jessica onto all of you already or something to to try and talk me around? Uh, Because it is a bit one-sided in fairness. But also, I can understand why people would be like, why wouldn't you go for it? Like, it sounds like great crack and it's literally for a week. Like, just give it a go. (laughs) It is only a week. Yeah. Um, And it would be, you know, fun and exciting. Hmm. Um, But if she wasn't such a snob about soaps, I mean, I would. (laughs) love it i can tell you yeah but if i had homey back when i was a teenager not, not that i would have passed the criteria for this uh, <laughs> this role you're a short one twin anyway that's for sure yeah. <laughs> and i don't have the california look oh god <laughs> well todd the doorbell rings and liz runs out to find that it's todd and uh she's like oh god i can't take this anymore jessica's just keep you know Mm. She's, she keeps being at me and he does remind her that you know even though yes Jessica saved her bacon recently Liz has saved her plenty of times too so they're they're kind of evenly matched yeah he's he's right there for sure uh and he kind of points out that like you know in fairness <laughs> such a normal thing to say you know you saved her from running away with that cult <laughs> Bruce says there's nothing exciting in this town. Oh, God, it's so funny. But like these first few pages are very much like the twins' greatest hits kind of all played out in different conversations. And it is kind of hilarious. <laughs> I just love how these are all throwaway lines. It's like, well, you did the help her get away from that cult that time. And you know, there was that yeah, police yeah. chase. And it's like, does anyone take a step back and go, lads, what is happening in this town? <laughs> Apparently not. Well, Todd is definitely giving some evidence for the the prosecution in the case against <laughs> Sweet Valley being uh, being exciting because he says, "Why don't we grab Enid and uh, Hugh and get out of here? I'll take you all over to my house and show you the flower boxes my dad and I built. And if nobody minds, we could stop by the nursery and pick up some marigolds. My mother will be happy to see the boxes filled right away." Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> This is this was the point at which I was like, this is definitely a euphemism for something. Because like <laughs> they are leaving a party to go look at flower boxes. Like, <laughs> no, come on now. <laughs> Surely they're going to go smoke some joints or something. Like this oh, can't be. Marigolds, maybe that's you know? a kind of like. Yeah, picking of... up some plants at the yeah. nursery, yeah. hanging out in the back garden. Oh, yes. <laughs> 
some herbal refreshment day. For God's sake, just smoke some weed, will you? <laughs> fucking California. Very easy to grow there, unlike here. <laughs> well, uh, they all escape um, to possibly <laughs> spark them up. We hope. <laughs> uh, and while they are passing around a giant bong, Jessica is annoyed that her prey has gone. And oh. <laughs> there's another bit where just Lila reminds her how often she's already been on telly, including taking down a drug ring. Oh my god. Like and again, it's just it's so funny because it's just like these are normal conversations that normal teens have. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lila then has a brainwave. And it's quite a good plan. Oh my god, it's so like Lila is an evil mastermind. It's like she if is. she used her powers for good, there would be no stopping this girl. Oh. Um, yeah. So her advice to Jessica is that she needs to play it cool and act like she's given up. She's oh. like then do something really sneaky and make it look like it came from someone else. So like yes, absolutely genius, Lila. Like so good. So she's kind of they kind of work out the plan between them. And Lila's like, you know, what does Liz like to do more than anything else? And Jessica's like, oh, you know, write and study. So Lila says, well, what if you sent her a letter from a fake research company and it asked to come to like a market research discussion group for identical twins? So they make it sound as fucking boring as possible <laughs> because it's like, well, this will be catnip for Liz. <laughs> so yeah, Lila's plan is to just invent this research company and uh, like send a letter to the twins, to, to them, like uh, from this alleged company mm. and uh, just get her to arrive for the audition under the pretense <gasps> of it being this boring discussion <laughs> yes and uh, jessica is uh, is convinced that when they arrive there even though liz will realize that she has been tricked she will go through with it rather than embarrass jessica why do you think this that is absolutely not character for liz you know she's mm. not going to do it out of just after being tricked into something i don't think it's i know she is a doormat but i don't think she's that much it's of a doormat. true yeah that's the thing but i suppose you know she has you know gotten into the boot of a car in jessica's place as well on oh, the other true, hand i mean you know true. she does do stupid shit like <laughs> for jessica um but mm. yeah so uh, yeah jessica is kind of banking on liz not making a scene uh yes. and yeah lila's like yes she'll give in gracefully as only liz can oh. uh, and there's a great bit then when then jessica's like rubbing her hands together like mr burns uh <laughs> And she looks over at Lila and it's like, Lila was her best friend and sometimes her worst enemy, but she always had great ideas. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. And then she shouts, Hollywood, here I come. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so she's staying over at Lila's and they use Lila's dad's computer to uh, create a letterhead for this fake research company. Yes. And then they, they put the letter together and they print it out so it looks super official. And Love it. She puts Let's it go in graphic the design. Oh, well, now she's she's treading on your toes there. This is your turf. It's such a good scheme. I don't even mind. Fair enough. So they mail it the next day, and then she doesn't mention soaps to Liz for the rest of the weekend, and um, and she's or Monday, mm. and when they uh, when they're on their way home from from school on Monday, Jessica is like, "Oh, I wish we had two cars, the Jeep and the Fiat." It's like, what? Liz rightly points out the insurance would be ridiculous. So just why is this, this car obsession is just going far too far. But um, Jessica feels that that's kind of like that Liz is, is veering towards Team Jeep. Mm. Yeah, um, in fairness, the, the car has been breaking down quite a bit recently. Like, um, yeah, Jessica did bang on about it a lot in the last book, but like it literally was getting really unreliable. So 
she was kind yes. of right. <laughs> so when they get home, Stephen's there for no real reason. Uh, hmm. He seems to have got over Kara like in the last two books, I guess. <laughs> There's even a mention of Kara in this when everyone's gotten over her disappearance yeah. very quickly. <laughs> the sight out of mind. Um, Absolutely. So the letter is in the mailbox and when Liz sees it, um, she's intrigued. She never asks how this market research company got their details. Like, well, yeah, but then, you know, even now there's no fucking GDPR in America. Everyone's very findable. So there uh, is that. True. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll allow that. Um, and the, Jessica handles this very well because she's uh, apparently this this marketing market research session is on Friday. And Jessica's like, oh, that's too short notice. No, we can't go all the way to LA then. But basically it ends up with Liz basically persuading her. Oh, she plays it perfectly. Like she's just a master manipulator. She's so good at this. Well, um, of course, she's like, oh, all right, I will go. And when Liz leaves the room, Stephen, I don't, this is the thing. Stephen guessed straight away that this was a scam. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure how Liz didn't, but he's, Stephen says that Jessica is already quite the actress. <laughs> he's not wrong. Oh, true. Well, I've plenty of practice, like scheming yeah. and uh, lying. <laughs> I mean, she is lying ninety percent of the time. So yeah, she's every day is another performance for Jessica. <laughs> well, later at the Dairy Burger, Liz is starting to feel guilty about letting Jessica down about the soap stuff, and she's like, "Oh, you know, Jessica's willing to come to this uh, market research thing for me." And Todd's like, "Well, you know, it's up to you. Um, mm. Whatever you want." And this then says, "Maybe I should do." It. I think maybe she should do it for Jessica says maybe i could bring new depth to a shallow profession fuck off she is so rude oh my god the snobbishness i know she gets out about lila being a snob like but i mean come on liz you've got a bit of a fucking attitude yourself now let's be real oh she absolutely does well on friday they leave school early and jessica isn't depressed by liz's well i have to say extremely dorky outfit which i know you will (laughs) We will describe it later. But she's dressed like a 75-year-old retiree in Florida. Oh my God, you took the words out of my mouth. (laughs) Literally all that's missing is a golf club. Like, it's outrageous. Oh my God. Yes, I love it. (laughs) Get a full description later, listeners. So uh, they head to LA and Jessica still hasn't told her, obviously, what's happening. And when they arrive at the destination, Liz is like, this looks like a movie studio. And Jessica's (laughs) like, oh, maybe they're going to film the discussion group. Come on, let's go in. (laughs) It's so good because Jessica's trying not to be really excited the whole way there. So she's just trying to play it cool the whole time. And yeah, it starts to... She, she kind of starts to not being able to stop herself being so excited once they get there and they're like going through movie studio doors. But uh, she manages to kind of keep keep the pretense going, uh, even as they they come up to like a sign saying where to go for the audition. She managed to like block Liz's view and be like, yeah, it's in here. And just kind of shove the door open and get her in ahead of her. It's great. <laughs> I know she's uh I, I don't know how long she thinks she can hold this up for, for obvious reasons. Um but uh yeah they finally arrive in the room and Liz realizes that all the twins are exactly this you know the same age as them. Like it's hmm. you know, for something that was meant to be just about twins in general. And mm-hmm. they all look as if they just stepped out of the pages of Super Teen magazine. <laughs> Yeah, there's like 20 sets of twins and they're all like 16-year-old girls. So Liz and they're all super is, hot. 
of course yes so uh so Layla's kind of looking around and she's like what is happening um and a girl kind of says hello to her and she's like oh um you know the waiting is horrible you look at you just arrived now the tension has been pretty thick in this room and Liz is kind of like wait what for a discussion group um and she kind of very slowly pieces things together but even then it's like the um the casting director comes out and greets the group uh, who's wearing an absolutely insane outfit that I cannot wait to talk about. Oh my God. Yes. Um, but, by yeah, the way, before she... she comes out, there is a bit where Jessica, Liz thinks, after all, the letter had said there would be a cross-section of participants for a diversity of opinions. But this was about the not most non-diverse group Elizabeth had ever seen. And she goes to Sweet Valley High, so she knows non-diverse groups. Like, this is saying something. That is true. Yes. Oh, my God. For a Sweet Valley High student to be like, "Hmm, not very diverse group here. (laughs) You know it is whiter than the whitest of bread. (laughs) Well, the the outrageously dressed woman comes in. And after this, there's no doubt about what's going on. <laughs> yeah, she um, she uh, explains uh, to the girls that they'll be called in one set at a time, and uh, yeah, you can read for the selection committee. And when you're finished, go on home, and we'll call you with the news. And everyone's like nodding and murmuring and all the rest. And it suddenly dawns on Liz what's happening here, and she's like, "This wasn't a discussion group at all. This was the young and the beautiful audition. Jessica had tricked her again." <laughs> Will you ever learn, Liz? Come on. She truly will not. So she's particularly furious because she had been thinking about giving in and going willingly to this audition. She just obviously never yeah. looked up when it was. Um, and yeah, she she's furious. Her face grows hot and she's like, this is the last straw. If she thinks I'm going to roll over and play dead, she'd better think again because she realizes that Jessica is counting on her not making a scene mm-hmm. uh, and showing her up. So Liz kind of uh, says to Jessica, she's like, you know, uh, can I have a word with you in private, <laughs> sister dear? It's all very pointed. But um, but yeah, Jessica's like, oh, not now, Liz. We don't want to miss our names being called. Um and yeah, Liz is really trying to hold on to her temper here. And she's like, you know, I can't believe you thought I was going to go along with this. And uh, she realizes that Jessica, it's exactly what she thought. So she wants to kick herself for being so gullible uh, and eventually has had enough. Apparently, apparently her honor was at, was at stake. Oh, my God. I, mean, I can't give out because this scene is fucking brilliant. This, this, do you know what? Like, I read this when I was, whatever, 12. And like, this is what I remember from this book yeah, is this whole scene. Me too. Uh, Oh my God, it's stunning. So she stands up uh, and quite loudly announces, I'd like to speak with you, Jessica. And Jess kind of ignores her and uh, is trying to listen to the woman who's still talking to the group. And everyone's kind of talking in hushed tones about them. Liz is like, now, Jess. Jessica's like, later. Liz just shouts at her, there won't be any later. You brought me here against my will and I will no longer submit to your devious, underhanded tactics. And everyone kind of stops and looks at them. Uh, like the whole room falls quiet. It's uh, so dramatic. There's a girl who's like, what is she doing? Oh my God, what's happening? It's all kind of like the chorus. <laughs> and Jessica's like, Liz, stop, you're making a scene. But Liz doesn't care at this stage. Oh. She hoped she was making a spectacle of them and she hoped Jessica felt as humiliated by it as she felt at being duped. And she roars at her, I don't care if the whole world hears me. You had no right to trick me into coming to Los Angeles. And if you think for one minute I'm going to stay here and pretend to be thrilled about auditioning, then you'd better think again. And she turns and storms out. And Jessica's like, please, Liz, don't do this to me. Don't do this to us. You can't leave me here alone and stranded. 
and this is like oh I'm sure you'll be able to scam your way out of it like she is fuming she's so angry Uh, and she's like maybe you'll even be rescued by one of your famous daytime heroes as for me I'm leaving I'll wait 10 minutes for you in the car and if you don't show up I'm going home (laughs) magnificent it is a tour de force but it's so funny because she kind of shrugs off Jessica's hand and marches out and it's like she opened it walked through and shut the door calmly her dignity intact and I was just like what would we say your dignity is intact though Liz really do we really think that's what just happened here because I don't think it is neither do I I mean I loved it but it was not dignified well the other twins in the room don't think so either because they are all sniggering but then we get the classic <laughs> from the mysterious the um, wildly dressed woman I nearly said what she's wearing but I'm, we're saving that um, she says bravo outstanding performance I couldn't have asked for a better Tiffany and Heather argument even with the script and Jessica's like uh, our names are Jessica and Elizabeth and the woman oh says, wait, that's right. Well, congratulations. Tiffany and Heather are the twins who'll be playing in the show. That is, if you're still interested in, week, in a week on The Young and the Beautiful, that was your audition, wasn't it? And everyone's like, oh, fuck, why didn't I think of that? It's so good. Like, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, this woman hires them on the spot, tells everyone else to go home as if that's how any audition in the history of the world has ever worked. But like, it's the Wakefield. So of course, this is how it plays out for them. But it's so fucking funny. I just love it so much. Oh, it's amazing. So, And the woman is Natasha Talbot, casting director. And she... Uh, she says, uh, Jessica, you're the demure one. You can play Heather. And Elizabeth can play Tiffany, the most, the more fiery twin. And uh, she said it was the best audition I've ever seen in a lifetime boring tryouts. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. It's gas-like. Yeah. So Jessica's obviously quietly very amused at uh, the irony of uh, Natasha's oh. assignment of roles, considering, you know, she's the little bitch. But um, <laughs> I also just want to say how much I fucking love that these parts, uh, the names of these parts, that it's Tiffany and Heather, because honestly, like, oh my God, when I was reading this in whatever, 1994, like, that was <laughs> the fucking epitome of 90s glamour, like those names just... <laughs> I love them so much. Like Tiffany and Heather are just the most nineties names I could yes. possibly think of. So like, or late eighties, I, I think. But yes, soap, very much soap names. Really much so, like yeah. I just Tiffany in particular is just a name I always really liked when I was a kid because I was just <laughs> obsessed. Like Kelly Kapowski, the most beautiful girl in the world. Like in Saved by the Bell. So like oh. Tiffany Amber Thiessen was like the most glamorous name anyone could possibly have. <laughs> See, as someone who's a little older, I always just think of Tiffany as in I think we will alone. Oh, okay. So that's why yeah. I think I think of it as an eighties name. But Fair, yeah. it still it holds up for the nineties. Oh, you're right. Oh, it really oh. does. It's like to me, it's a real nineties name. But yeah, obviously, it's it's both. I mean, we're in oh. like nineteen ninety two, I think, with this book. Oh. So like, we're very much just on the cusp of mm. <laughs> full on nineties. But yeah, just and, oh, beautiful name choices. I love it. Oh, perfect. Yes, well done, Ghostwriter. Um, so uh, yeah, now she's found her Natasha, or now she's found her Heather and Tiffany. Natasha just boots <laughs> the rest of the match. <laughs> Give Jessica the contracts and the scripts. Oh my god, amazing. Yeah, this is a very streamlined operation. <laughs> so there's a bit of confusion about the dates here because first of all, she says we'll tape the episodes next week, but then she's like, Oh, I want you to come along to the set several times next week. So I'm guessing oh, that yeah. they're taping the week after next. It's it's all very, very rushed. 
That is true. Yeah, there must be a week between them actually starting and all this kind of like, come to the set, meet everybody, go to a luncheon kind of carry on. Yeah. But yeah, the whole kind of passage of time is a bit all (laughs) over the place with this one. Well, the scheduling of this show, I can say that as somebody who did work on a soap opera, (laughs) um, the scripts were written months and months in advance and the episodes were filmed like six weeks. The storylines were were done even, you know, um, literally six months hmm. if not longer and um, yeah. the scripts were written about four months in advance and the um they were shot six weeks in advance now maybe in the 80s and 90s in american soaps they were shot closer to the time i find it very hard to believe they are casting <laughs> people two weeks in advance even then but <laughs> that's just one of the many many implausible aspects of, oh my god of this storyline yeah, the young and the beautiful uh, play it very close to the edge. It is a spicy schedule in terms of making this show, and I love it. It's completely unhinged. It is. Well, they're having a cast luncheon tomorrow because I guess they got to have their downtime because they're working at this breakneck speed. <laughs> and uh, she, Natasha, invites the twins to come to meet the the cast and crew, and Jessica, of course, says that she'll be there. But she finds Liz in the car. And when Jessica tells her what happened, Liz is like, you know what? I was going to say yes. But no, you tricked me. So I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do it now. It's uh, And Jessica's like, what difference does it make? You were going to do it. And now, you know, now you've done the audition and you've got the job. And Liz's like, no, I'm through being manipulated by you. Don't even tr- bother trying any more tricks because the answer is no. Oh, yes. She's being very firm now in her no. And she's just, there's going to be no talking to her. So she's, uh, no matter how much Jessica begged, pleaded and whined, apparently Liz wouldn't even say another word to her all the way home. So that must have been a very long ride back to Sweet Valley from LA. At least an hour or so. Surely. (laughs) In dead silence. Well, Jessica's undeterred. And that night she goes on a date with Sam. And uh, as usual, she just doesn't pay any attention to what he has to say and just bangs on about her soap dreams. And... She uh, she's she's going to go to this event tomorrow, this luncheon, and she decides that she's going to call Lila because apparently Lila had um, has the opportunity to spend a weekend in L.A. It's a business mm. associate of her father has a hotel. Um, so, uh, yeah, she could stay for the whole weekend. And she then she thinks or she says to Sam, this way, I'll be in L.A. in case anything else comes up after the luncheon and thinks like a date with Brandon. Oh, this is very poor treatment of Sam. It's very bad behaviour on Jessica's part, even more so than usual. But yeah, yeah. like she's already uh, kind of deciding that uh, she'll be all on for a date with Brandon if he deigns to ask her out. Yeah, and she keeps talking about him to Sam, who is sort of joking, like, well, I'm just as exciting as this soap star. Um, but Jessica doesn't pay him any attention. And eventually, she he basically begs her to listen to, to you know, to listen to anything he's saying because she's just like mm, mm. She's, she's in a reverie and she really is <laughs> she just gets in a really bad mood because they barely speak on the way home she's like oh, it doesn't matter if I forget about his stupid races oh, this is my thing and he should be excited for me by the time they get home um, and they part without a kiss she's in such a rage that when Sam drives off she says aloud it would serve you right if Brandon Hunter fell for me and I left you in the dust <gasps> that would escalate very quickly. It really did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Poor Sam. <laughs> he does not deserve anything uh, in this book um, or anything that happens to him because Jessica's just, she's just a terrible girlfriend. 
She is. I mean, now I will say he doesn't seem like at all excited, even at the start, really, for her that this is kind of quite a cool thing. But like, but she does uh, take it to a whole unnecessary level. That's definitely the case. Mm. Well, the next day, Amy, Lila and Jessica head to L.A. in the live Green Triumph. Oh, my God. (laughs) Somehow, this is an example of Ned and Alice being like... I just, I just thought they'd be slightly stricter than this because even mm. though they, she manipulated and lied to her sister, her her parents were like, "Yeah, go on, go for this weekend, go to this fancy luncheon." Because and Amy points out, my parents, if I pulled a stunt like that, I'd be like grounded for a week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, she just rants about Liz and Sam not understanding her, and uh, this gives Amy the opportunity to say, well, boys are always doing, you know, crazy things. Have you heard Bruce Patman lately? He's really on a kick about livening up Sweet Valley. Very much appreciate mm. all this foreshadowing. Mm, yes, we, we love the return of the foreshadowing instead of springing new storylines on us out of nowhere. Well, uh, they, uh, yeah, I guess Ned and Alice thought that they were going, that the kids were going to be supervised by um, Lila's dad because he is in LA for the weekend. But of course, she knows that they're not going to see hide nor hair of them, but they can keep in touch. <laughs> and how? <laughs> Oh my god, thanks to the absolutely stunning addition uh, that has been made to the, bear in mind, lime green triumph. (laughs) Because Lila has had uh, her dad installed a special treat in the form of a brand new fuchsia car phone to Lila's car. And just that colour combination, I'm just like, oh, that is just what I wanted. Thank you so much. (laughs) Perfection. Fucking great job, George Fowler. The parenting, not great. The car phone choices, stunning. Well, unsurprisingly, when the girls drop Jessica at the studio, Lila says uh, that when she's she's finished uh, the luncheon, try the car phone if we're not there. We'll probably be cruising around someplace checking out the guys. Oh, brilliant. You can just picture it in her bright green car with her hot pink phone. Oh, Oh, so good. Magnificent. (laughs) Well, Jessica, who's wearing quite a, I thought she, it's, it's quite a late night party outfit, I would have thought. It's a beach disco outfit, I would yes. have thought, yeah. Not a fancy luncheon outfit, but uh, anyway, she heads in, the luncheon is on the roof, and she makes the excuse that Liz is sick, and that's why she's not mm. there. And yeah. um, when she looks around, uh, she feels like she's in a, a fantasy wonderland. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes, the, the sight that greets her takes her breath away. Uh, apparently there's all sorts of like beautiful flowers all around these low walls. There's a buffet table laden with food, uh, round tables with umbrellas and padded chairs and it all looks amazing. But the best part, of course, is that the whole thing looks like a garden party scene from The Young and the Beautiful because the entire cast are there. Uh, and there's like, there is Dr. Maples conversing casually with Letitia and Mavis, notorious, dis- notorious sisters with steamy storylines. And I just love that the names like Letitia and Mavis are kind of the opposite of each other as these like sexy sisters. <laughs> in fairness, like what sexy character in the early 90s was called Mavis? Let's be real. I mean, there was a very unsexy character in Coronation Street, an iconic character called Mavis Riley. <laughs> I don't think they're going for the Ma- Mavis Riley vibe. Probably not. But yeah, like Mavis just screams Coronation Street to me. It does. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, um, Jessica is entranced by the whole scene and she's greeted by Natasha who says that she wants both her and Liz in tip-top shape for the shooting next week and Jessica, she just left her on her own she is 16, 
And mm. I mean, we'll just say it now. <laughs> they have hired 16-year-olds to play the love interest of a 22-year-old. I mean, Oof. the production staff should be in prison. Yes, I mean, Christ, at the very minimum, Ned and Ned or Alice should be at this luncheon and on set at all times with their daughters who are underage and, as you say, 16 years old. Like, this whole setup is bonkers. Oh, it really is. Because uh, Jessica's just, like, left there. She goes to the buffet and uh, um, a voice, uh, a deep voice uh, next mm-hmm. to her says, she wants you in tip-top shape so you can be shot next week. Doesn't our lingo strike you as odd? And Jessica laughs and says, it sure does. So far, I'm planning on being shot, gaffed and gripped. <laughs> I hope my mother isn't worried. Fat fucking chance based on this book. <laughs> Very true. I mean, it is quite a funny line from Jessica, but it, it rings a bit too true as well in her case. It's like, she should be slightly worried, in fairness. Well, she looks up and sees who this uh, this smoothie is, and who could it be? Why, it's Brandon Hunter himself, the star of the show and the biggest name in daytime TV. And when she introduces herself, he says, my new amour, and then kisses her outstretched hand. Oh my God, he's such a ham. Oh, and she says, oh, I've been watching you from afar for so long. It seems as though we already know each other. And his eyelids closed sexily as he looked at her. I know that means he's sort of like, you know, narrowing his eyes, but it sounds like he's falling asleep. It does. He just sounds very sleepy. He's a very sleepy boy. <laughs> he goes, I know what you mean. He said huskily. And then, would you care to sit down? <laughs> so sexy. <laughs> Anyway, she's like, oh, he's into me. And um, then Brandon introduces producer Merv and long-suffering director William. (laughs) Poor director. This poor man. He's overworked and certainly underpaid, I would say. (laughs) Oh, my God. He really is. Well, Brandon just bangs on about himself and his many achievements. And Jessica thinks, oh, he's done so many interesting things. And like Sam, he just cares about his stupid body. And then Merv reveals the twins storyline oh my god yeah apparently it's the most ex- one of the most exciting storylines of the whole year mm. so uh, the two girls will fight over america's number one bachelor and by the end of the week he'll choose one of you to be his lady love <laughs> fans will go crazy over it <laughs> and Je- brandon says jessica's the one who will succeed and i can see why now as my notes say this makes no fucking sense it is a oh one-week shoot. If you're going to have characters in something for a week, their story has to conclude at the end of the week. You don't just go, well, he'll choose one of them and then he'll never see her again, I guess. <laughs> and then see ya, she fell down an elevator shaft. Goodbye forever. <laughs> just so stupid. Uh, well, she flirts back with them and everybody loves it. And uh, Brandon says, can I help it if I'm hooked on beautiful women? She's fucking 16. She's a minor, Brandon. Step away from the 16-year-old. Oh, and also, everybody involved in this show, why are you casting a child to be a 22-year-old of interest? So young, it's so creepy. Well, speaking of creepiness, um, he asks, you know, tell me about yourself. And she's like, oh, well, I'm 16. I'm a junior in high school. I'm a cheerleader. You know, pretty typical stuff. What about you? And he says, I'm 22. Uh, <laughs> And I work as an actor on a soap opera. Pretty typical stuff. And then Jessica goes full Annie Wilkes. Just starts reciting all this information about him that she's memorised. 
I know. But at the same time, she's excited and, you know, 16. True, <laughs> true. Like, her, like, massive crush. Uh, yeah, but, like, yeah, as you say, she does come across as a terrifying fan uh, <laughs> because she's like, you're the number one daytime heartthrob all across America. You played football in high school and college where you majored in drama. Your favourite colour is red and your sign is Taurus. <laughs> like, she really goes all guns blazing. <laughs> Um, and he's oh, he's into it, but he also as well the tabloids didn't mention. I'm a championship water skier and an accomplished scuba driver. I love to hang glide and skydive too. Jessica <laughs> says you like to live at the edge. Oh God! <laughs> and he says, "Is there any other way to live?" And she says, "None that I can think of. I've had a few death-defying experiences of my own. There was that time I was taken hostage by a drug smuggler and." interrupted to say that's very interesting jesse did i tell you our client about whitney in january and jessica somehow oh, was like oh my story could wait that's obviously much more interesting than me being taken hostage by a frog smuggler like in no universe is a story about climbing a, climbing a mountain more interesting than being taken hostage by a drug smuggler no oh my god Shut up, brandon oh my god and for the rest of the afternoon he just bangs on about himself yeah, I mean, from that line onwards, you kind of realise very quickly, oh, Brandon is a piece of shit and yeah. is not listening to this girl at all and is just completely self-interested. Well, he Jessica isn't, uh, isn't bothered by this because she's just so dazzled by his mm. hunkiness and fame. And as you know, the, the party winds down, because it's a luncheon event, Brandon offers her an invitation. Yeah. Oh, this guy. Uh, yeah. So he's been invited to a party at Bill Lacey's mansion that night. Apparently, Bill Lacey is like the most famous rock star on the charts at this moment. So Jamie Peters must be having an off week or something. But um, <laughs> yes. So, so this guy, Bill, has arranged a private screening of his new unreleased video. Um, and he's inviting Jess along to this exclusive screening. Um and it's like, oh my God, Jessica, please don't go to this thing. <laughs> you are a minor. Oh um, my God. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, he says he's going to pick her up at eight o'clock from her hotel. And she's glad that she's staying in a really fancy hotel because he seems kind of impressed then by by where she is staying. But of course, it's all down to Lila's contacts. Of course. But, um, yeah, so he, oh yeah. And then he also offers to bring her down to the wardrobe department um, at the soap opera studios uh, because the whole wardrobe is at her disposal apparently so he's like he'll take her there to pick out something as gorgeous as she is for the night like I mean huge creep so creepy and how nobody in this uh, I mean spoiler alert some people in this production company know exactly what he's doing and are effectively encouraging it Mm. so uh, yeah later at the hotel the other girls are as excited as Jessica and they're jealous of her frankly incredible outfit which uh, of course uh, Karen will describe at the end (laughs) and the others are excited about getting to meet Brandon when he arrives to collect her but then he calls and says that he's sending a car instead we are told then that Ned and Alice are fine about her going to a rock star's party with an adult man oh god I mean like yeah, we we joke about Ned and Alice, but really, like, come on, guys, seriously. <laughs> Ned says something like, "Oh, he's been old for you, isn't he?" And um, Jessica's like, "Oh, he'll all be very innocent." Like, how are you trusting her on this? And oh how are you not God. saying, "No, this is wildly inappropriate for twenty-two-year-old to take you to a fucking rock star's s- soiree." <laughs> 
Yeah, like they really should have put the foot down here. But uh, yeah, they just buy Jessica's line that it's going to be very tame and it's all very formal. And, you know, the TV studio know all about it as if that makes any fucking difference. She is still an unaccompanied child. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so uh, and she assures them that uh, Natasha Talbot, the uh, casting director will uh, will be looking out for her she's like you'd like her she's like a second mother she adds silently but uh yeah so they give her the go-ahead ridiculously and she turns up to this party in a limo (laughs) she does and brandon greets her looking hunky and we're told that while the place is full of celebrities of all the famous people there it was obvious that brandon hunter was the most sought after the biggest celebrity and she was his date. It was unbelievable. I mean, it is unbelievable that a daytime soap <laughs> star would be the biggest star at this, like, you know, Vanity Fair's Oscar party level <laughs> event. <laughs> and that is how it's kind of built up. Like, because this guy Bill is this major rock star, apparently. And yeah, but apparently the, I mean, you know, no, no shade to daytime yeah. soap actors. They work very hard and they're good at their jobs. But like... There is also a hierarchy to to celebrity, (laughs) you know, there's tears to these things. And I just find it hard to believe that uh, the daytime soap actor is the smash hit of the party at a rock star's house. I find it very implausible too. (laughs) So Jessica is introduced to Bill Lacey and I'm guessing his outfit will be saved till the end as well. Oh my god! You, you know what? You can go for it because seriously, I'm gonna have to put like a half an hour aside for all these outfits. <laughs> well, he's wearing custom leathers. <laughs> yeah, a custom tailored leather outfit. So, I mean, what does that mean? What, what, what can you do but picture a leather tuxedo? Because that's where <laughs> I went. <laughs> oh my god. It's uh, the 90s rockers for you. <laughs> well, he is uh, disgusting because he says to uh, Brandon, God, ahead to you. You always bring the prettiest women. These men should be in jail. Every last one of them, jail for all for a thousand years. Oh, seriously. <laughs> I feel that brags on about his stupid art trinkets. And somehow, despite the fact he's just like name dropped all these things and he's, you know, picked up in his travels, Jessica's like, oh, you know, he's so famous and he's not a snob. It's like he's literally showing off how much money he has on things. He is uh, appalling. I don't know how you're thinking. Trying, doing his best to impress a child. So, yeah. yeah. Good for you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Well, well, Brandon poses for a paparazzi photo, but basically ditches Jessica as soon as the camera uh, is uh, is off her. Um, mm. But she doesn't mind. She's basically left there on her own. The only person who is nice and not weird or creepy to her is bass player called Steve Limbo. Yeah, I kind of love this guy. I mean, Me the too. name alone, Steve Limbo. Love that. And again, I'm just going to go for the outfit because seriously, there are so many to get oh. through towards the end. But this guy, yeah, bounds up to her. Uh, he's a young man in Bermuda shorts and a wild floral print shirt. And it's a very Winston kind of outfit, isn't it? It is. TV Winston. So I just, I warmed to him immediately. Mm. Um yeah, so he introduces himself. Apparently, he's the bass player in Bill's band. And he kind of says, you know, you're looking a little lost. Um, and Jess is like, oh, you know, I'm here with Brandon Hunter. I'm just wondering where he got off to. 
but um yeah so he's just kind of like he's nice and he kind of chats to her um but yeah she's surprised then when he reveals that he does actually follow uh the soap operas because when they're on tour and stuff and they're hanging out in hotel rooms all day he's like yeah i catch up on them while we're Aww. waiting around for stuff so he does seem like the least creepy person at this party so that's something he's the least creepy adult in this book frankly yeah. <laughs> well, william sorry william's nice but, oh yeah that's true um, but uh, yeah Brandon finally comes up to her and apologises for being a crappy date and invites her to a movie preview the next day and she says oh well, it's, you know I can't because I'm getting a lift home with my friends and he's like I'll take you home so turns out that he does take her home Ned and Alice are inexplicably charmed by him when he drops oh Jessica God. off at Calico Drive um, but Liz doesn't meet her uh, or meet him because she's still avoiding Jessica mm. and um, the next day at school Jessica is on the cover of a tabloid these tabloids uh, move fast with the headline love match for soap star oh god and again I'm just I'm bamboozled by how okay Ned and Alice are with all of yes. this because it's like this is your underage daughter being slashed across tabloids and would you not be kind of like Jesus maybe we better come with her to LA next time and make sure this kind of shit doesn't happen and she's not all over newspapers and tabloids but no it's all totally chilled so yeah I don't what mind, do I know <laughs> minors have to have like respond you know responsible adults on sets and things i don't know you maybe not think. yeah well this is a union busting production so uh, <laughs> there is that yeah the standards are not great <laughs> so uh, after school jessica and some of her pals head over to the dairy burger to discuss the wakefield sudden fame over several giant plates of fries and that made me wonder if the tv show which pba <laughs> members will know has a tendency to to offer <laughs> the moon beach, which is the you know another deep cut, um, uh, serves its uh, plates of chips. Uh, they're basically giant platters. It's Jenga. It's it's Jenga with chips. Uh, they are an insurmountable <laughs> mound of chips on those plates. And you're so right. I wonder if this was someone just having a bit of cracker with <laughs> a random line from a book and being like, "Oh, giant plates of fries is it? <laughs> we'll show them." <laughs> it's canon. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, there's no sign of Liz or Todd because they're like Liz is still avoiding Jessica. Mm. And Sam arrives as Jessica's holding court about her adventures. And eventually Sam has to ask to speak to her. And she's like, oh, I'm so busy. I don't have to make sacrifices for my fame. And she, he rightly points out she had plenty of time to hang out with Brandon all weekend. Yeah. And Jessica says, you know, she just has to meet the right people but to further her career. But Sam says, you know, he, she, oh, she tells him, you know, you just don't understand. And he's like, yes, I don't. I came in here to be with my girlfriend, but I found a totally different person. Someone who's climbing the ladder to start <laughs> and leaving the people who love her behind. <laughs> it's a very contrived sentence. Kind of like actually saying, like, I have found someone who's climbing the ladder to start a- Ah, uh, that is true. But also it's like, now, Sam, have you just met Jessica? Because this bitch <laughs> is obsessed with being famous. Like, this can't be a surprise to you. No. Well, what, were they going out during any of her previous fame quests? Mm, I guess he is pretty new on the scene. <laughs> She's been reasonably well behaved for the last while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, she tried to cult, but she hasn't, like, tried to, <laughs> tried to, you know, wangle her way on television in a while. I guess. Yeah, that's true, actually. He's post uh, Miss Teen Sweet Valley and Eric Parker show and all that. So, okay, Indeed. fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jessica thinks he should be more supportive of her career. 
Um, but the next day, Jessica finally catches Liz. She has to like get it, you know, basically catch her before she's woken up and wake her up to <laughs> beg her to reconsider. But Liz is still holding firm. So later she moans to Lila and about how, you know, she can't talk Liz round. Mm. And also that she can't, she needs to persuade Brandon to take their relationship further. Oh like, God. It's it's kind of weird because she does kind of suggest that all this Brandon stuff is literally just kind of networking and publicity. Mm. But she also at the same time does seem to be like convincing herself that he's a potential boyfriend as well. Yes, which is very sinister. Um mm. because, you know, she does have a boyfriend. Yeah. And um Je- Lila does say, wouldn't you be jealous if your girlfriend was going out to places you could never afford to take her with the most eligible bachelor in Hollywood? <laughs> Is he? <laughs> Keanu was right there at the time. I find it very hard to believe that Brandon Hunter was more desirable. Very fair. So Amy turns up and uh, shows them some spread that Lila did on, or Liz did on school activities. And this example of Liz's journalistic prowess gives Jessica an idea. Oh my God. Yes. So she, uh, she, she kind of says that she's got it and she's, she's thought of a way now to, to get, finally get Liz on side. And, um, Lila's like, wait, what do you mean? So, um, Jess explains, you know, what is it that Liz wants more than anything else in the world? <laughs> I was like, besides Todd, but, <laughs> cause classic Lila. Oh. But, uh, yeah, no, she points out that all, what she really wants is to write for a big newspaper, oh. a paper like the LA times. So, uh, Jess has thought of a plan that will uh, allow her to write for the times and it'll force her into doing the soap. Um, so yeah, she outlines her plan, which is to, to basically write a letter allegedly from Liz, uh, and put some of like clippings of her articles and stuff Uh together and to explain to the editor of the Los Angeles Times that, uh, she's been, her and her sister have been selected to appear on this, uh, daytime soap. And, uh, would they be interested in a series of articles about their experiences working on the show? And like, again, this is a fucking genius move, like from Jessica. It's It's such a good plan. And like... Like even, you know, obviously she'll she'll be found out. But even when she is, it's such a win for Liz. It's like, how mad can she really be? Like, it's just it's very well executed. I was a big fan of this. Some good scheming in this from Jess. Yes, I was. This is impressive work. And Mm. she uh, she heads to L.A. to deliver it in person to make sure it arrives at the editor's desk in time. And uh, back at the Casa del Wakefield, Liz is talking to Alice about soap stuff and pointing out that like this is her objection to acting in it is unprincipled or, or is principled. She says, I really hate the way soap operas portray women in relationships. Um, and then it gets very meta again because she says, have you ever heard the dialogue the women characters on the soaps are given? They never use their brains. They misunderstand everything that everyone tells them and they jump to absurd conclusions about the very people that they should know they can trust. It makes me sick to watch them. Oh my God. Like surely, like how could this not be a dig at the book we just did? Like this is absolutely what that is I mean uh, yes Enid and Todd should have known better <laughs> and here we are honestly it's too funny for it not to be on purpose oh, it's brilliant and I remember these were the bits when I read this first that really stood out that there was a lot of uh, oh my god and see now that's the difference between you reading these and me reading these because I was like 
12 and, and I was all, of that went, all of that went completely over my head. I just remembered <laughs> the audition scene and learning that the word tiff meant argument because <laughs> Natasha makes a joke about hoping that Liz isn't in a tiff uh, and not really getting the joke and eventually piecing together. That's what it meant. <laughs> so it's like, that's where I learned the word tiff as in argument. <laughs> oh, educational. Who can think <laughs> of? Well, later Liz shares her woes with Enid, Todd and you and uh, she thinks Brandon is using Jessica for publicity and says, why else would a 22-year-old superstar suddenly become infatuated <laughs> with a 16-year-old high school student? I can think of plenty of reasons. They are all very bad. <laughs> That's true. Yes, there are myriad reasons, all of them terrible. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, on the plus side, Nis says her parents have, uh, just spur of the moment, as far as I can tell, they've just reconsidered the Jeep idea. Um, so she asks the gang to join her and Ned at the dealer later. Like, they've decided to let them have a jeep so recently that Jessica had like gone to school I guess um so uh <laughs> Todd goes with uh goes goes with Liz and there follows at least I am not joking at least 10 pages about buying a jeep it is Sponcon for Jeep. Like, it's bizarre how long this goes on and how detailed they get about like trim and finishes and extra features and safety features and fucking four wheel drive and all the rest and mileage. And I was just like, holy shit, could this be any less interesting? (laughs) Like, it is bizarre. It it reads like product placement for Jeep, (laughs) which is kind of crazy. Maybe it was a trade off for it becoming the death Jeep. So, I mean, (laughs) who knows if there was a long game being played here or what, but like. Jesus, it really does go on. But yeah, oh. it's like they go to a dealership, they buy a Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> we get a like blow by blow description of how Liz haggles down the price. Like it is ridiculously boring. Really um, so they don't buy a black Jeep with tinted windows and purple trim, which Jessica was obsessed with in the last book. But they do get a black Jeep with chrome trim. And Jessica yeah. is beside herself with joy, we're told, um, when she sees it. And for the next few days, poor Liz doesn't even get a go of it um, because Jessica's out in it all the time. <laughs> Which is why she is home alone when a Rodney Grant lifestyle editor of the LA Times calls her at the castle. Oh my goodness. Yes. So of course she's uh, extremely confused by this phone call. Uh, She's like, how in the world had Rodney Grant found out about her work? She knew that editors kept up with different professional writers' work, but she couldn't imagine that editors from the LA Times had time to scour high school newspapers. Like, yeah, no shit like this. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so she kind of, uh, she's, you know, obviously delighted to get the phone call, but still quite confused by this whole situation. But uh, yeah, Mr. Grant congratulates her and, and Jessica on landing the roles on on, uh, on The Young and the Beautiful. And he says, you know, I would love to have you do that series of articles you proposed about your experience on the show. And I think, you know, our readers would really appreciate it. And, you know, your your other articles show that you have a good style and down-to-earth attitude. And uh, again, like the penny drops for Liz and she realises that once again, Jessica has finagled her way into oh. uh, into making something happen here and has yeah proposed these articles uh, in the guise of Liz. Oh. But um, yeah, so she... Yeah, she kind of like before she had a chance to explain that the series of articles was not her idea and she wasn't even planning on being on the show. It's like, how would you not just be like, oh, my God, this is an incredible opportunity. Yeah. I guess I can just put up with a week's work on a fucking soap opera. Oh, no. <laughs> to write, to have something really exciting and cool to write about. But uh, yeah, look, she goes along with it and uh, he gives her her deadlines and says how to deliver them and names a sum apparently that leaves Elizabeth stunned. So it's going to be more than enough for her word processor, which, of course, was the kind of motivation they were eventually going to switch around with for her to, uh, to get involved with one of the schemes at least so um yeah so she 
kind of then she rings Todd I think right afterwards and she's kind of like bamboozled by this whole thing and she's like you're never going to believe it I think Jessica has finally got me where she wants me I think your girlfriend is going to be a soap opera star <laughs> in fairness it probably is a shitload of money because American big publications even now pay like crazy cash and Ooh, back okay. then I can only oh at the height of print yes journalism yeah I'd say you You'd buy a word processor and a, and a half at least. <laughs> I don't know how much word processors cost in the early nineties. But um, yeah, understandably, of course, Liz is uh, can't say no to this. Mm. So when Jessica gets home, Liz gives out to her for her sneakiness, but admits that yes, she's won and. Um, Jessica uh, is delighted. So on Friday, they visit the set of the soap and Liz is really interested in it. She um, she asks a lot of technical questions of the crew. And then Liz's feature article instincts are fucking terrible. She decides <laughs> that her first piece is going to be about all the like the different jobs on a soap set. Anybody could do that. I could do that. Like now. <laughs> By just making a few phone calls, going to a set for the day. Your unique insight, Elizabeth, is that you are acting in it and that you are an amateur. No one cares if you're explaining what a best boy is and a gaffer. Oh, God. I know. It's so funny that it's like, she's such a great journalist. And it's like, fucking hell, is she though? Because like, this is not the angle and this is not yeah. like that interesting. I'm sorry to, you know, best boys and gaffers. And obviously they work very hard and are great at their jobs, but like... That is not what people want to read about in the LA Times no. from like your teen girl on a soap angle, in fairness. I know. It's just a way- she's got three articles. Like there's her three big chances to make an impression, and one of them is going to be, here is what the backstage crew do. No, oh, we're also God. it's an LA paper. There's gonna be plenty of industry people reading it anyway. Oh my god, so true, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, but yeah, surely, like, yeah, you go in first with the glitz and glamour and maybe then, you know, your middle article maybe is about the behind the scenes stuff. But like, yeah, starting off with the backstage stuff is like, come on, dude. <laughs> like your unique selling point is that you are an amateur, mm. you know, teen actress who's been given this. Who's uh, this... <laughs> ridiculously been given this week long <laughs> part on a soap. <laughs> Makes no sense in many levels. <laughs> but like, that's, that's a fun feature. Somebody going, now, yeah, I happen to be working on the soap um, and I have no acting experience and I'm now given this primetime, you know, not primetime, but like high profile job. Mm. Don't you really want to know what a, what a key grip does? Allow me to list the kinds of lighting bulbs that are used <laughs> on the set. Like, no, Liz, what is this? <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, that's her journalistic instinct <laughs> shown for what it is. Um, so yeah, she the crew were all very nice, but Brandon is not. Oh God, yeah, he's. I mean, yeah, like when he meets Liz, like <laughs> much like Peggy, he's kind of like, <laughs> oh, you two are really quite identical, aren't you? And Liz is kind of like, yes, very smart, Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, yeah, he's kind. Of, he's very rude and kind of hardly acknowledges Liz at all, but just kind of says to somebody as the twins are standing in front of him, you know, make sure one of them wears something like a necklace so I can tell them apart on stage. Like he's very rude and dismissive um, of them. But um, yeah, then Natasha kind of like reassures Brandon they'll be wearing different clothes and their characters are very different. And he's just like, just put a necklace on Jessica so I don't make any mistakes on camera. Like he's just awful and like is like this in front of everybody. So there's no you know, oh, he's secretly not a good person. It's yeah. like, no, this guy sucks, like, from the and, get-go. And lots of people, um, uh, like, see, through, like, no one on the set likes him. 
No. Because uh, he treats everybody like this. So there's, yeah, there's mm-hmm. no, as you say, there's no secret about his, his nasty nature. Mm-hmm. So you would think somebody might step in and stop him taking the 16-year-old out of the town. But no. <laughs> Duty of care? Who? Who is oh, she? <laughs> no. Again, it's not a union set. There we go. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it is just a fucking free-for-all in this place. <laughs> So William, the director, says uh, that they're going to do a special rehearsal on Sunday um, and, you know, have to sort of put them through their paces and let them get the uh, lay of the land, I suppose. And after that, they will rehearse and film each episode in the morning and broadcast it that afternoon. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, my notes just said pour one out for the editors and production team lads because this schedule is fucking unhinged. Like, it is madness. Like, what kind of lunatic is running the show here? How is that any way to make any kind of television? Good God. Like, oh yeah, we're just filming at like six o'clock and it'll be on TV at like three. Um, oh God, I just kept thinking of you having had experience working like, for a soap opera. I was like, Jesus, Anna must just be sweating reading this. Like the oh. fucking stress of it, would you be well? Oh my God. It was the most stressful job I've ever done. It was actually terrible. It was way less fun than I thought it would be. Oh. Um, but uh, That's yeah. not a reasonable schedule. That's not oh my God. one morning and going to air that evening. That was months in advance. But there was one time where when I did my first episode, when it was being filmed, the scriptwriters were meant to be kind of on call um, in case something terrible happened, like an actor broke a leg or something, which actually okay. did happen. It was so oh good working there. Yeah, somebody had an accident and the whole storyline had to be rewritten. Jesus. Um, but I had not realised this and I was going to Berlin for my friend's wedding and I found <gasps> out like the day I was going that my episode was, you know, I was meant to be available while the episode is being shot so when I was in Berlin I had to carry around my laptop with me at all times just in case I got a call oh no (laughs) and I know another scriptwriter who was on holiday with his family in Italy when he got the call and he didn't have a laptop with him and he had to come home so (gasps) no I know so it's uh it's a tough job but you know you don't, uh, you, you, you finish your script and it is shot several, you know, <laughs> weeks later and then it is broadcast several weeks after that. There was nothing. <laughs> and also stories are planned out very far in advance, which does not happen here. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a shit show. Like, I don't know how this is a still running show, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, like literally they're working on a storyline that goes on for a week where Brandon chooses his lady love, lady being a very loose description oh, um, uh, for a 16 year old child. And then <laughs> that's like, that's it. I'm not going to be explained. I mean, I think oh, it is. It's going to have to be the elevator shaft, as you said. But surely <laughs> it's the only thing for it. There's just no foresight whatsoever here. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they they do their. Um, they Jessica is uh, Gaga for Brandon, but Liz mm-hmm. thinks I hope I'm not the one who's supposed to get the guy because I don't want him. <laughs> well, the rehearsal goes well on Sunday, and the twins arrive. Um, for filming on Monday and Liz wishes that she and Jessica had had more time to go through their lines at home but apparently Brandon took up all her time over the weekend and she's worried about what the story is with Sam who was being completely abandoned but Jessica Mm. doesn't want to talk about it 
Uh, yeah, Liz does ask like what's going on with you two, and that she hasn't seen Sam around in ages, and Jess uh, is like, oh, he's upset because I'm so busy. I'm sure we'll work it out when this is all over. But um, but Liz is kind of like she's quite concerned because she like she wants to say how Sam is worth a thousand Brandon Hunters, uh, but she kind of realizes that Jess is so starstruck by Brandon, she's just not going to hear anything negative being said about him at all. Mm, yes, she's uh, she's just completely besotted. Mm. So they head to the studio floor for their first scene and William says, you know the story, Liz, now known as Tiffany, is a real schemer. She knows that Brandon, as Jeremy Howard, is leaning his affections towards Jess, now known as Heather. Well, um, and then uh, so in this scene, Tiffany is going to pretend to be Heather to try and trick Jeremy into noticing her. I mean, they're old hands at this. I mean, this is an absolute walk in the park for the twins. Yeah. Well, they're ready to go, but Brandon is an absolute nightmare all day. Oh, he's the worst. Like he's, yeah, I mean, could you even call him a diva? He's just a fucking asshole. Like Mm. he's um, like, he's not ready. Whatever scene they're about to start with, he's like, oh, why didn't someone tell me we were doing this scene? I'm ready for this restaurant scene and not this one. So, you know, William is kind of like, okay, let's just, you know, take five. Brandon, go get those lines down. And he kind of acts like it's Liz and Jessica's fault that they've somehow fucked up um, by this scene being the one that they're doing first. And uh, yeah, he's, he's just, terrible he's really obnoxious um he keeps kind of fluffing his lines he's no good at anything really it seems like it's kind of amazing that he still has a job on this show I, to be fair. <laughs> Liz does wonder how he hasn't been fired and just assume mm. it must be a really tight contract but um yeah <laughs> um but when they when they leave after this nightmarish morning um Jessica defends Brandon and Liz is just baffled and appalled and then she says she's going out for a date tonight and Liz assumes it's with Sam and is pleased Mm. but no oh god no her and Brandon are going for dinner at some fancy place in LA where all the stars eat and Liz is just like what like have you even given a thought to Sam during all of this like you can can only expect him to take so much in fairness but uh, Jessica reveals that apparently Sam walked out on her the other day at the Dairy Burger um and I suppose Liz didn't realize things had gotten that strained between Jessica and Sam but um, yeah, Jess kind of points out that, you know, she's having to make sacrifices and she couldn't go out with Sam one of the evenings because she had to uh, to get her homework done. And Liz is kind of like, yeah, but you're not sacrificing your days with Brandon. So maybe mm. that's why Sam is so upset, which again, very reasonable. Like yes. Sam is having to put up with quite a lot here. Oh. Um, but yeah, Jess is just so taken with Brandon and she's like, no, no. Uh, well, she also says, no, the dates with Brandon are more like business and kind of insists that it's all networking, but then also admits that she could fall for him. Mm. Um, and Liz is like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like <laughs> Sam is so much better than him. Um, but then Jess is like, oh, Sam isn't supportive. Brandon understands me and understands the demands, you know, that acting can have on someone's social life. But um, yeah, she's just, Liz is just kind of dumbfounded by this attitude yeah. of Jessica's. And Jessica's just like, you know what, you know, look, let's not fight. This afternoon we get to watch ourselves on The Young and the Beautiful <laughs> because again, this show is absolutely deranged. <laughs> and um, yeah, so they just kind of, you know, they they don't really fight and they decide to just kind of enjoy their evening. And uh, also Liz is going to be busy too because she has to get her, her article in before her deadline on uh, Wednesday at noon for, for the LA Times. I mean, it's a very intense week. Um, so yeah, the next few days are an exhausting whirl. They're up at five fucking hell to go to the studio. Then they go to school. Now they are missing some of the mornings in school. So, Mm. um, then they have to go home and do their homework and Liz has to work on her articles and, um, 
Liz is, you know, she's breaking the candle at both ends and Todd comforts her and says, look, you've only got two days left and then this will be all over. And Liz is like, oh, I can't wait to get back to normal. And um, there, Jessica is holding court as their friends arrive to watch the show because this is like, this is now a daily thing. All their friends yes. call over to for the session. Um, and Liz hopes that falling down to earth after this spell in the the stratosphere won't be too hard for her when this week is over mm. um but uh on the plus side the la times loved her first piece why <laughs> and she'd be paid well so um she says that she has to give jessica credit this week may be hard but it's helping us get two things we wanted the jeep and my new computer mm. fair enough that's it it will be an intensive week but like they are both getting what they really wanted out of it so indeed and jessica is holding forth when the doorbell rings. And it's quite a surprising visitor. <laughs> quite unexpected. Um, yeah, so she opens the door and standing in front of her was a young man dressed as Batman. <laughs> in full black and gold costume, including mask. He carried a bouquet of flowers in his hand and wore a solemn expression on his face. So silently, he handed her the flowers and the card and then waited while she read it. So she reads aloud from the card, which says, Dear Jessica, I miss you and want to speak with you as soon as possible. Will you please send a return message to let me know if I still mean anything to you? Love, Sam. <gasps> and Jessica is touched by this message and uh, she assumes that Sam wants to you know apologize for not supporting her stardom <laughs> and says of course as he Sam she told Batman tell him I'll be free tonight and we're told at that Batman's stoic face broke into a wide grin I mean Jessica is she's lost her mind because she didn't recognize him even though she can see the lower half of his face. And Batman let out a whoop and tore off a mask. And who could it be? Oh, why, it was Sam himself the whole time. <laughs> I mean, Jessica would make a very good Lois Lane because if, <laughs> if Sam was like Superman and dressed as Clark Kent, just like throw on the glasses and she'd be like, who is this man? I've never seen him. <laughs> good point. <laughs> well, he sweeps her into a kiss and she... She flings her arms around him and we're told she played up the kiss to the enjoyment of all her fans. Is that how she's thinking of her friends now? Oh, God. Yeah, because her friends have all kind of gathered around the door to see what was going on. And everyone, of course, fucking enables her and they all like hoot and clap for, for this display that she's put on. <laughs> Um, so he said he says he'd like to see her in action on the show and she's like, well, I've got them all on video um, so we can watch them now and go for a ride in the Jeep. He chooses the Jeep. And then... <laughs> are you saving this for the outfits <laughs> I was going to but you know what again there's a wealth of outfits I think we'll just roll with it well can you share what happens as if the Batman costume wasn't delightful enough oh my there's god more. I tell you Sam peeled off his costume to reveal <laughs> denim shorts and a fluorescent green tank top underneath. Like, bravo, Sam. It is an incredible outfit choice. Apparently the colour of this fluorescent green really brought out the blonde highlights in his hair and made him look even more tan than usual. Oh like, God. it's just... Where... Like, you have to go to the beach because I don't know where else you can go in your little denim shorts and your neon green tank top. But I kind of love it, Sam. With your blonde tips. 
Oh my goodness! Like, oh please, film your boy band video yeah. there in front of the sunset <laughs> while you're at it because j'adore. Oh, could it be magic indeed? <laughs> well, they head to the beach, and uh, though Jessica is pleased to be with them, she finds that she can't talk. Doesn't want to talk about anything else but her experiences on the show. Oh, yeah. Poor old Sam. Uh, um, yeah, because all she's doing is just kind of telling him all the stories she's been telling everybody else all week. Um, so they probably just sound really rehearsed at this stage. Oh, God, and, yeah. And yeah, she's just kind of just babbles on about it and kind of isn't really talking to him properly at all. She's just so starstruck by this whole week. And like, yeah, of course, she's excited and it is like a cool intensive week and I guess you know you would uh, permit her talking about it obviously for a bit but you also Sam wants to spend time with her like and not just be her audience you know which is it, fair enough <laughs> exactly and also she is thinking the whole time like looking around for paparazzi and wonders oh, of God. what would happen would Brandon be hurt if he saw a photo of her with another boy her actual boyfriend we might add <laughs> yeah. and then she's like oh is it possible to love two guys at once and eventually she does pay attention to Sam uh, but she does so by again blabbing on about the studio and eventually he's like what is happening Jessica why are you ignoring my calls and mm. Uh, who is this Brandon Hunter? And he uh, he says he doesn't like playing second fiddle to a second-rate actor. And no. everyone says that Jessica is having an affair with him. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, Jessica just kind of scoffs at this. And she's like, oh, no, all her dates are very innocent. Um, but, yeah, Sam is like, you know, like, maybe on your part, which, again, is giving Jess a bit more credit than she deserves, I guess. But uh, he's just like, no, you know, the gossip columnists are having a field day talking about. Yeah, he read an article just today about Jessica Wakefield's tips for holding on to an older man. Ah! Yikes, you guys. But then I was also kind of like. Age gaps like that in the like early nineties, you did have Seinfeld literally picking up his high school girlfriend. Oh, like, was her name you know, things things were fucking grim like in the nineties. You know, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. That is... So there is there is that side of it too, where like you're reading that and going, "Who the fuck wrote that article?" But then you know, there was a lot of shit accepted, and it should not have been. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um. So yeah, God, it was really. I'm actually thinking what was even way, way worse was Bill Wyman back in the eighties went out with this girl called Mandy Smith, who was thirteen. Oh God! And in the tabloids, she was presented as like a wild child, Mandy right. Smith, and it was like she was an actual child. Oh, gross! Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, that's. I guess it's. Uh, that we're, we could be grateful the things have moved on <laughs> from then and um sam is uh is understandably upset that this mm. affair, alleged affair is um is uh, the talk of the town and mm. he says she just goes like it's a little it's harmless publicity and he says little publicity is one thing but i don't like being made to look like a fool and jessica says no one is making you look like a fool then it's like Hmm, how can I change the subject? And then says, speaking of fools, did I tell you what happened the other day at the set when the cameraman forgot to put film in the camera? I was like, oh my God, Jessica, read the room. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Poor Sam is just like, you know, like I don't want to talk about this bullshit. He's just like, you're so starstruck, starstruck you don't even realise what I'm saying because like she oh. has not listened to a single word he has said all evening or in fact with the last two weeks ever since her and uh, Liz were cast in this thing. But like, she does kind of say, you know, of course I'm listening to you and I know what you're saying, but I just don't want to have a serious talk right now. I've been working hard all day and I want to relax and enjoy the sunset. But like, 
things are strained and weird now between them. And she's got really mixed feelings even about Sam and about Brandon. And she kind of doesn't really know what to do. But then she kind of realizes as well that she was kind of biding her time until the week was over to see what was going to happen with Brandon and yes. that, that that it would come to the whole Brandon thing would come to an end when the week did too but then she's like oh but maybe it would be interesting to keep dating him after their parts on the show were over um but then she's like oh but she also doesn't want to lose Sam so she's really mixed up but it's very like Jessica just think about this for a second for god's sake oh. stop what you're doing please oh god Look, she just can't she's I don't know she's absolutely clueless yeah. And uh, yes, eventually Sam, as she bangs on about headshots, Sam <laughs> says, I'm tired of the glitz and the glamour, Jessica. You've gone off with some crazy tangents in the past, but this one is the craziest. I don't even know you anymore. And oh. she, she accuses him of overreacting and he says she has to make a choice. It's either Brandon Hunter or me. <gasps> and who does she choose? Well, she chooses Brandon because she said she made the choice for him with her with his demands and his accusations. So, um, yeah, she she just says, you know, she's her own boss and no one, boyfriend or not, was going to give her ultimatums. So, um, yeah, she's just like, you know, I have more important things to do than soothe the overinflated ego of a high school boy. <gasps> Stomps off in the Jeep and leaves Sam stranded on the fucking beach. Yes. Oh, she's... I mean, really, Jessica, the fact that you were pretending to be hard done by and misunderstood while you were literally spending this entire evening thinking about how you could juggle Sam and Brandon. <laughs> you robbed us of any sympathy we might have for you. Oh, uh, very true. So the next day in the studio, Liz admits that she has been enjoying herself and uh, they're going to do their only scene that's just the two of them on screen with mm. no other actors and Liz says the Wakefields take TV land <laughs> terrifying prospect I have to say the scene is super dramatic and very entertaining I mean it's it is high camp soap opera classic kind of stuff like it's great it is um, it's got Jessica saying I was in the library reading Reading, reading, Elizabeth scoffed. That's a good excuse. I know you're in here plotting to steal Jeremy Howard away from me. You just can't stand it that he prefers someone with a little life in her to a quiet little mouse like you. <laughs> so it's all like that. It is. It's, and it's, it's, it's very entertaining as well that Jessica is playing the part of like the meek kind of, you know, underfoot kind of twin. Whereas yeah. like Liz is this like domineering, scheming bitch. And it's just, <laughs> it is very funny <laughs> because it is such a campy, ridiculous scene as well. It's like, yes, this is very enjoyable. I love this. I kind of wish we got more of their scenes like this kind of in a bit yeah, more detail. Me too. This is great. Yeah. It is. Um, if, if this episode wasn't so long already, listeners, we could act out all these scenes, <laughs> but... Save it for the bonus app. Oh, yes. <laughs> Our dramatic enactments <laughs> will be the next bonus series. <laughs> so, it's their last day tomorrow. As my notes say in brackets, how is this fucking show plotted? This makes no sense. I'm just finding it very distressing at this point in the proceedings. And... William says, you know, how have you, have you, uh, how are you doing, Liz? You know, I know you've been doing a great job, but I know you weren't as thrilled as Jess to be on the show, are you? And Elizabeth says, that shows, does it? She says ruefully, I have to admit that at the beginning I was sceptical, maybe even a trifle smug, maybe. <laughs> I thought soap opera actors were overpaid and underworked, and I really didn't see the appeal of watching a bunch of people dig themselves into one problem situation after another. 
you're just insulting his livelihood and all his colleagues. Like, oh what is wrong God. with you? It's crazy. And even like, yeah, because as she's saying that, Jessica is like Liz trying to hush her. And it's like, yeah, that's mortifying. Like, what is she doing? <laughs> William's eyes are twinkling and he says, I appreciate your honesty. I mean, you're a better man than me. William, <laughs> <I> would not. <laughs> Um, and uh, he's like so how'd you feel now and he's like now I realise how hard everyone works to put out a good product I planned to talk about both the glamour and the hard work aspects of my last article I mean that's fair enough um, but uh, yeah she says that the cast and crew have been so helpful to her and the editor at the LA Times pleased with the articles uh, and the black and white photo she submitted <laughs> showing life on a soap set Union would not allow that <laughs> so <laughs> There's a lot of union busting going on. Though I have heard that the LA Times uh, was and possibly still is quite a uh, conservative paper. So maybe it is anti-union. Oh dear. Let us know, LA listeners. Uh, (laughs) Again, we we could just be making shit up. (laughs) Maligning a good paper. Um, So uh, yeah, William leaves probably rolling his eyes as he does so. (laughs) Could you blame him? (laughs) Jessica witnessed that uh, their time on the soap didn't have to end. And who should overhear but Natasha? And she's got some news. Yeah, she kind of says, oh, you know, it may not have to. Uh, and says that the two of them have done such a nice job this week. She said there may be further work on the young and the beautiful for you. After all, we can't give Jeremy a girlfriend and then have her disappear out of his life now, can we? And it's like, yeah, no shit, Natasha. Who is writing this fucking show? Like, what is happening? <laughs> How is it made? How did it work? <laughs> None of this makes any sense. Like, are they writing the scripts the day before they film? <laughs> I guess everyone's just absolutely fucking winging it on this set. <laughs> like, down to the last person on this place. But yeah, she um, yeah, she kind of says, you know, uh, or Jessica says, you know, our contracts say there was only one week's worth of episodes. And Natasha kind of heads off after William and kind of calls back over her shoulder. Oh, we can always negotiate new contracts. <gasps> uh, and Jessica is speechless. Yes. And Liz is amused that she hasn't uh, considered this possibility um, before. I mean, I'm amazed that she hasn't. But... <laughs> I know. Considering she's... she's so prone to flights of fancy, like yes. you think the first thing she'd think is, oh, they'll make me a series regular and then I'll get discovered as a movie star and, you know, one yeah. thing leads to another and I'll win an Oscar. Like, usually that's her kind <laughs> of dream, like, trajectory for these kinds of things. But for some reason, she hasn't run away with herself completely anyway. <laughs> no, she hasn't. Um, so, uh, yeah, she says she has to tell Brandon about her rise to stardom. And Liz is like, uh, so Brandon is who you go to first? What about Sam? And Jessica reveals she left from the beach after choosing over Brandon and this is like Jesus. what uh, but knows there's no point arguing with her yeah. so she heads to change while Jessica goes to tell Brandon the good news apparently there's an awards banquet that night which I don't think they mentioned up until this point um, mm. but uh, she, yeah she's going to be going to that with them later but she can't wait that long she has to see him straight away and she literally skips off to his dressing room <laughs> literally uh, and she's about to burst in with her good news but then she hears her name mentioned she realises that Merv and uh, Brandon are in there and they're talking about her yeah so she recognises the voices and she hears uh, Merv oh Merv or Merv I think it's oh, Merv I think you're right it is Merv but um, yeah he's uh, telling Brandon this um, this publicity stunt was the best one you've dreamed up yet uh, and then here's Brandon saying oh you know as soon as I saw her I knew she would fall for it she's such a naive and quiet little thing just like her character so Jessica's kind of hearing this and like 
clenches her fists and she's like, what the fuck is this? And uh, Marv is like, oh, she really believes that you fell for her. And so did all the papers. Her ratings have soared this week because the fans thinks, think there's a romance both on and off screen with their favourite hunk. Um, and they just kind of joke about her. And Brandon's like, oh, should I flex a muscle? And he's like, oh, only if there's a photographer present. Oh. Um, and yeah, then Brandon's kind of like, oh, you know, I can't wait for this week to be over. And she goes back to school. I need a little more sophistication in my life. I think I'll start pursuing Sandy Starr. And yeah. there is a woman who would be good for my career. So this uh, Sandy Starr, I kind of presumed she was uh, another actress, but apparently she's the daughter of the studio's owner. Oh. Um, yeah. So he and Marv just had this big kind of chuckle about, you know, Jessica being such a naive idiot and all of this just being in, in service to uh, to Brandon's career and publicity and ratings. <gasps> and Jessica? Runs away crying. Oh. But then, quite quickly, she's so such a delusional, like, fantasist <laughs> that very quickly she decides, oh, they probably weren't talking about me. They must have been talking about a new storyline. It's like, what? Oh, Jessica. It's like she just doesn't want to believe it. So she's just so far in denial. It's ridiculous. And she's just like, no, they were talking about somebody else when it was extremely clear that yes. they were talking about her. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, on that bombshell, we're going to take a little break. And we're not for once going to tell you about uh, a new uh, or a fellow podcast in the Headstuff Plus stable. We're going to tell you about the podcast studios themselves. Well, there you go. The actual stable, where it happens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where in normal times, we would usually be in recording and yes. hopefully we'll get back to it soon because it is lovely in there. And yeah, the studios themselves, they are located in Dublin City Centre. It's a one-stop shop for all things audio. There's three state-of-the-art studios there and they'll sort you out with everything you need for podcasts, voiceover work, audiobook recordings, all kinds of stuff. Like if it's audio related, like they've got you covered. Uh, they're also set up for video recording, for live streaming, or green screen filming and like we did our live show there oh God, oh, a million years ago so, so <laughs> at some long. point we will hopefully do fun stuff like that again back in the lovely studios but uh, but yeah it is definitely a place to check out if you're interested in even starting your own podcast or just you need some audio work done then absolutely get on to the lads at the podcast studios yeah and uh, they work with individuals and organizations big and small uh, whether you need studio time editing work equipment rental or marketing support they can tailor a package to suit your needs and they are a very nice uh uh, team that uh, are very patient with us when we oh, very <laughs> when we force them to listen to two hours of cackling. <laughs> so yeah, you can uh, check them out if you go to headstuffpodcasts.com. The podcast studios is the home of the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's where lots of our shows are recorded, and we work on editing, promotion, videos, live shows, and lots more. As a podcast production company with three state-of-the-art studios for audio and video in Dublin city centre, we can work with you to tell great stories in a professional and engaging way. From government organisations to charities, arts groups to international brands, entrepreneurs to hobbyists, we've worked with everybody and we can help you to get the word out. Whether you need studio time, you're hosting a live stream or webinar, or you need support with editing or marketing, we can tailor a package for you. For more info, head to thepodcaststudios.ie. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where Jessica is still just, uh, you know, fooling herself about Brandon. She decides to give him the benefit of the doubt and just check, see how he behaves at this bank banquet tonight. Um, and she does worry she's blown it with Sam, which frankly serves her right. I mean, yeah, like the fact that she's worried when she very clearly has blown it with Sam at this stage. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, at least now she's just a bit more wary of Brandon and, and yes. is going to have her eye on him 
like now and actually try and just maybe take a step back from the starstruck kind of like dazzlement she had been under Uh, and uh, yeah it's just going to go into it a little more level-headed now after hearing all this well she uh, we cut to the casa where the Wakefields sit down to dine including Stephen and Ned says oh I see more of Jessica in the tabloids than I do at home I mean no alarm bells ringing there Ned that's a cause for concern Ned (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) and Alice says yes people are starting to talk about the twins like yes yes another cause for concern they're talking about the fact that your 16 year old is apparently seeing a adult man (laughs) fuck's sake and Stephen, uh, it's been affecting him too. Oh God, yeah. Apparently all the fucking creeps at college are handing him uh, to introduce them to the twins. And it's like, gross. They think you're um hot after what they've seen on TV and read in the papers. And like, come on, <laughs> this is horrible. Oh. But apparently uh, Stephen mentions that he finds himself defending their honour a lot lately. <laughs> oh God, could you imagine Jesus. <laughs> troubling on many levels so bad and uh, yeah uh, Jessica is sort of realises that finally people might actually believe all the tabloid stuff and realises mm. how naive it was not to take Sam's concern seriously when there's literally front page tabloid stories better I'm seeing Jesus. somebody else and then Ned reveals this is another example of the Wakefield parents being ridiculously chill about these things because apparently Jessica's maths teacher called and she failed a test now did we not have entire books recently about how you know her failing maths was like causing serious issues in the household and she was being grounded and everything oh my god yeah it was a whole thing and sure it kind of led to her being fucking almost kidnapped by the cult because everybody was on her case the whole time but um, yeah, anyway, apparently this teacher is is just, she's not actually in trouble, but the teacher's concerned that she's a bit overextended. Um, so Jess kind of tries to, to reassure everybody that things will get back to normal soon um, and that they won't all be caught up in this craziness forever. Yes. Uh, and even, yeah, because even Jessica sort of realising that, like, this has kind of gone too far. Yeah. So... Later, Jessica arrives at the award ceremony and notices that yet again, Brandon didn't pick her up. He sent someone else to collect her. In fairness, she does live in another town. So this wouldn't be the big cause for concern for me that he's like sending her a car as opposed to driving for like an hour and a half. (laughs) But um, yes, she is dressed in the dress that's on the cover, basically. Mm. And the paps go wild. No one seems to think it's weird he's going out with the child. Well, again, you know, Shit was kind of accepted when it should not have been. Indeed, it was a but different yeah, time. It's gross, but yeah. So he, uh, she, her, and Brandon are hit on the red carpet, I guess. Yeah, because it is an awards show. Yeah. So yeah, the, all the photographers are going bananas for them, and like they're all shouting and roaring for better shots and all the rest. And I think Brandon gives her like a kiss on the cheek, and mm. the flash bulbs are popping. But like Jessica is kind of seeing him for what he is now as well, because she realizes that he never acts like this when they're alone and she kind of thinks or kind of realizes that usually she's left alone when they go somewhere while he runs off to kind of talk to more important people and conduct business and all this. Yes. So um, she's really kind of starting to see the truth and knows like now for sure it's like, yeah, he isn't even remotely paying attention to me. And you know, that is the biggest crime you can commit when you're in the company of Jessica oh, Wakefield. Is not right. pay attention to her. So yeah, she can do it to Sam, but she does not appreciate it uh, or being on the receiving end of such things. No. She can dish it out, but she can't take it. She sure can't. So uh, yeah, she um, she she asks at one stage to be introduced to somebody, and Brandon is like, "Well, no, you know, this flummox him that she's actually expressing any sort of 
free will. And she said, mm. you didn't expect me to be assertive, did you? You think I really am? But Heather, the demure one, don't you? And um, <laughs> she, It's thought, like a little soap soliloquy on its own there. It is. <laughs> it really is. And as the night goes on, she becomes increasingly aware that he's, well, as the book says, his obnox- of Brandon's obnoxious personality. Mm. Like he just spends the entire time bragging. Uh, yes. about his ridiculous exploits and his prize Arabian stallions and Russian wolfhounds and how he broke his first wild bronco when he was eight years old. And she realises that it's so uh, his story about capturing a wild horse and taming it to obey his every command sounds a lot like the black stallion and uh, starts to wonder if all his exploits have been taken from books and TV shows. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then she has proof of that when she brings up horse riding and he's like, yeah, did I tell you about the time I single-handedly wrestled an alligator to save my coaster? <laughs> and she thinks, hmm, so Brandon saw crocodiles indeed, did he? <laughs> yes, amazing. Also, he does mention hang gliding as well as one oh! of his mad exploits. And I was like, oh, was he just talking to Stephen Wakefield? <laughs> <laughs> did he do a sort of hang glide of sorrow? and? <laughs> He's plant into the side of a cliff <laughs> in his turmoil. <laughs> well, Jessica silently plots her revenge and in her uh, internal monologue, she gets a little bit OTG because she thinks, you made a fool out of me, Brandon Hunter. <laughs> no one, not even a big famous soap star, gets away with doing that to Jessica Wakefield. By tomorrow afternoon, I'll have found a way to get back at you. I promise. Oh, amazing. You can just see her like shaking her little fist in oh. her purple gown. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what she's doing on the cover. She's, you know, looks like a regal wave, but that fist's going to clench. <laughs> but she's full of bravado at the, uh, at the event. But when she gets home, she crumbles and she cries in front of Liz. Oh, yeah. She realizes that like this guy, Brandon, clearly is a massive jerk, has been an absolute fake all this time. And now she's lost Sam in the process of being so dazzled by him. So she's really actually upset now. Yeah. So Liz agrees to help her get uh, revenge because, you know, she knows she she's she does feel for her. Um, She's just led astray, even though Mm. very willingly. Why not? Um, Well, yeah. (laughs) But then she has a, a brainwave. Forgetting revenge. And let's just say it's a plan that is going to fuck up things for a lot of other people and is extremely unprofessional. <laughs> I mean, it's very inconsiderate, really. Very. I'm all for revenge. But this is something that is kind of, yeah, overstepping just a bit. <laughs> it's revenge on lots of innocent people. It's yeah, people who are just trying to do their fucking jobs. They're yes. non-union, terrible, <laughs> high-pressure jobs. <laughs> Can you tell us what this scheme is? Oh, God. Yes. So (laughs) what they're going to do is basically just fuck up their last day of taping, basically, Uh, because Brandon is so easily distracted and it doesn't take much to throw him off his rhythm like at all. So they decide they're just going to do all these little kind of things that are going to to just make him have to do take after take. But it's all going to be stuff that other people aren't going to notice. So they kind of they get one of the kind of set designers in on it and kind of so he has kind of snow going outside yeah. a window at some point but it can't be seen on camera so when Brandon gets all flustered and he's like what's happening it's meant to be the middle of the day and there's snow falling but then they check back on the tapes and there's nothing there so he just looks like he's absolutely just terrible at it. I mean he is terrible at his job but he's particularly bad because the twins keep intentionally throwing him off and yes. messing with him and kind of swapping the necklace around so he thinks 
Jessica is the one he's meant to be going to, but then he runs over to Liz instead and they keep having to cut and reshoot. And yeah, this is just making everybody else's lives much more difficult. Oh, so it's uh, it's really not revenge so. on Brandon at all. No, it isn't. Um, so uh, yeah, they, um, they, they, they do this. They fill their big party scene, and Brandon is uh, is it's it's chaos essentially. It is, yeah. The, Brandon loses his temper. The shoot is running super late, mm. um. So yeah, they've caused a shitload of trouble for lots of people, but they're delighted with themselves because it's all about them. <laughs> they are the protagonists of reality. <laughs> yeah. And William wants to see them when they finish the the shoot, and instead of giving out to them as well, he might. He thanks them for all their great work. And Jessica does apologise for the fact that the shoot took so long today. But William's like, eh, it happens with him all the time. So, yeah. Well, that's it. They did kind of do it in such a way that it was just like it was Brandon's fault every time. And yeah. I suppose they were just very sneaky about it. But yeah, like, I mean, some of the crew were in on it too, inexplicably. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so everything they kind of pulled off did just look like Brandon having a particularly terrible run of things. Yes. Uh, because, well, he's not good. As we said, he's not good at his job anyway. Yes. But uh, he was particularly bad today. <laughs> well, they bid everyone a fond farewell, apart from Brandon, who was just like, Ugh. and um, <laughs> they had off to file Liz's last piece for the LA Times and Jessica asks Liz or thanks Liz for helping her learn her lesson and she hopes that Sam will forgive her she's going to go to him after school mm. yeah. um, so they get they arrive home and they get their school stuff together because apparently they've had to do loads of homework to make up for missing classes in the morning it sounds like an absolutely horrendous schedule but when they're leaving the house who should call but William and he's got news <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Brandon viewed the videotapes for that evening's episode and he's not pleased with the final scene at all. He's threatening to quit if they don't <gasps> reshoot. So they they have to go back. They should basically turn around and drive back to L.A. immediately because they're going to do the scene live. Hey, of course they are. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, I'm very unsurprised given that the seat of their pants style filming schedule they already. It's amazing. It's crazy that they don't end up doing this regularly. To be honest, that it isn't just a live (laughs) soap opera being broadcast. Because yeah, as you say, this schedule is bananas. Um, And and like in real life, soaps do you know they really have to do. They don't get proper rehearsal time. And even the big soaps like Carbonation Street, Standards, it's the same. They just get like a quick read through and then a couple of takes. Which is why a lot of soap opera actors, like people like you know Sarah Lancashire and stuff, are are brilliant when they move mm. on because they've learned to perfect things first time. But in none of them are they leaving it so close <laughs> that you'd have to do it live if you fucked up one take. Oh god! Like, yeah, just it's a disaster. tight schedule, but not that tight. No. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Jessica is pissed off because she wanted to reconcile with Sam. Um, mm. But then she says that she has an idea, the perfect way to get back with Bra- back at Brandon once and for all and to tell Sam that she loves him and wants him back in her life. Um, and uh, she, Liz says, what's going on, that devious mind of yours? And what can I do to help? Oh, um, God. I mean... <laughs> What she wants to do again is to fuck up somebody else's job. But Again, yes, yeah. pretty much. Make life difficult for everybody else. <laughs> yes. So she rings Sam and leaves a message because I guess he's at school and says, Sam, this is Jessica. I don't have time to explain right now, but please watch The Young and the Beautiful this afternoon. It's really important. And Sam, I love you. <gasps> so 
<laughs> in the studio, everyone's excited about the live show and this is all, ooh, no one knows just how exciting this will be. It's like, this is their profession that you are <laughs> fucking with for your own yeah. personal lives. Like, this is terrible behaviour. People's actual livelihoods here. Come on now. <laughs> oh my God. So they start the live broadcast, the scene, they're basically cutting to it straight after the commercial break. Mm. And the scene goes well. And at the climax of the scene, Brandon declares his love to Jessica. But then he's stunned. Oh, God. Yeah. So they get to the point where Jessica's uh, script means that she's supposed to throw herself into Mm. Brandon's waiting arms and kiss him passionately. So instead of doing that, she causes an absolute fucking nightmare for the writers on the show uh, by standing up, looking down at him from her superior height and saying, no, Jeremy, loudly. I don't love you. The truth is, I'm in love with somebody else. Uh, Brandon's like, oh God, what's happening? And he kind of starts going, but uh, uh, is obviously bamboozled by this extremely unprofessional behavior. (laughs) So she hurries on with her little ad lib speech and she's like, I'm in love with Sam, the boy I left behind. I could never love you the way I love him. He's caring and wonderful and kind and you're nothing but a big jerk. And uh, with a flick of her wrist, she tosses the contents of the glass of water she's holding into his face. (laughs) I mean, again, like, I know that they clearly write the scripts at the last minute, but they're just <laughs> destroying whatever continuity they had. I mean, apparently they were going to have him declare his love to this girl and then never see her again. So I don't know what they had in store. But it was yeah. not this. No, it sure wasn't. But uh, yeah, Brandon, of course, doesn't know what to do and is just stuttering and like, uh, uh, I don't know what to say. Is like eyes are wildly darting around the stage. And uh, yeah, he's just kind of his mouth is just opening and closing and there's no words coming out. So the last thing the viewers saw before William cut to commercial was Brandon sinking onto the window seat with his head in his hands, Jessica standing proud and dominant over him. And that's a wrap. (laughs) Bizarrely. And they cut. William says he wants to speak to the girls. So I don't say he should sue the little fuckers. (laughs) As I said to you in a text earlier, if anyone had tried this <laughs> shit when I was working for Fair City, they would have been buried under the <laughs> set. <laughs> oh, God. Nobody check under the Carrigstone Spar. No. <laughs> well, Marv and Brandon are enraged. They're like, how dare you do this? But Jessica's like, well, you know, serves you right because you were pretending to be nice to me, but you were just, a, it was just a level plan to go to publicity for the show. Now your fans will recognise you for the creep you really <sighs> are. Oh my God. Yeah, Elizabeth then starts piping up and she's like, what were you going to do, Brandon? Just not call Jessica anymore? Tell the press that you dropped her? And it's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean. And also, like, Sorry your sister's feelings got hurt when she was cheating with her boyfriend. <laughs> but, like, you have just fucked up, like, a creative and business, you know, endeavour that's worked on by hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. A very costly fucking business, I'm sure, too. But, yes. Yeah. But then, apparently, William, when he hears this, he's disgusted by Marv and Brandon and is appalled at their lack of common decency. So he says uh, he gives out to the two lads. He's like, Jessica and Elizabeth have done a fine job this week. and This is the way you treat them. And Brandon's like, oh, I thought it would be good for the show. But uh, yeah, William is just going off on one at Marv as well. Uh, Marv's the producer, though. So like he could probably fire William if he really wanted to. But um, 
Yeah, he's just like, oh, I'm disgusted. And if your precious ratings drop now, it'll be exactly what you deserve, both of you. So he's fully team Jessica and Liz in this whole wild endeavour. I mean... It's great that Mark, or, Mark, or sorry, William is mm. uh, is is angry about their behaviour. But like, William, you seem like a decent guy. Why didn't mm. you step in when Brandon was going on dates with a child? I know, like it's it's a bit too little too late. But like, <laughs> it is kind of satisfying in its Sweet Valley way that true, true it, that he's that the twins are getting away with this, and the guys who were being terrible are actually getting in trouble. Yes, that is uh, refreshing. Um, yeah. so will I mean, will they ever? get any consequences for their actions maybe maybe there'll be something in the next book about how Brandon is in prison <laughs> sacked. who knows so uh, yeah um, he, he uh, they William's enraged with them and Jessica says let's go home Liz we have a life to get back to the Wakefield twins exited with dignity stage left <laughs> And that's a wrap on the Nightmare Twins. Oh my god, but everybody in the, in the entire building is like, thank fuck they've gone. <laughs> Please don't bring them back, Natasha. We don't know. Let's not have them in acting out their personal, you know, issues live on television. Live on television. Yeah. Taking it all out on our day job. Oh god. So, uh, yes, they arrive home. Jess Spears' acting career is over after that stunt. Yes! But <laughs> Brandon doesn't have that much power. It's like she's a liability. Like she shouldn't be allowed on a set again. Oh my god, very true. <laughs> um, but anyway, she's weary of showbiz now. Mm. And uh, Liz realizes she doesn't have the time to do professional work. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> so she's told the editor that she can't do any more pieces and you know, maybe she'll like call him in the summer and mm. Jessica says I guess we both learned something this week there's time enough later to pursue our careers like after high school after college and maybe even after graduate school yes <laughs> Jesus Christ oh, God. so um, yeah Jessica asks if Liz is mad at her for dragging her into this mess and Liz says you can never stay mad at Jessica for long it's like damn right unfortunately oh God, to your detriment like indeed <laughs> Well, they arrive home to find, of course, a surprise party. Oh, yes. Everybody's there waiting for them. And uh, yeah, they congratulate Jessica on really telling Brandon off uh, live on TV. And uh, yeah, so they they are told to yeah, sit down and relax. And they realise that, yeah, there's all this food laid out for them. And it's a lovely big surprise party for their oh. uh, celebrating the end of their crazy ass week of television indeed and um yeah sam and uh, jessica are reunited they have the mm -hmm. kiss of a lifetime but in the middle of it who should ring oh uh, it's william yeah. he wants them to negotiate a regular contract <gasps> and you think jessica is going to say of course not but she says tell him Tell him we'll think about it to get back to him. And then she turns to Sam and grins. I don't want to burn all my bridges. It's like, oh my God, Jessica. Like, he should just ditch you right now. <laughs> get out while you can, Sam. Oh my God. And well. He would literally still be alive if he had. <laughs> if you just broke up with her and cut your losses now. Oh God. What might have been. <laughs> Poor Sam. Well, on the other side of the party, Bruce is like, I thought things were going to get exciting around here with Liz, Jess and Liz becoming soap stars. But now they're just going back to be regular high school students. He thought he hoped they'd become big shots and start throwing outrageous parties um, like they do in L.A. Because, he says, Sweet Valley is about the most boring place on earth. We're so middle of the road, it's pathetic. 
They could do about a one minute TV show on this town and call it Lifestyles of the Dull and Lifeless. I mean, I think we've already discussed the many ways in which this is absolutely not true. Not the ga- like at length we have pointed out how very, very wrong Bruce is in this case. <laughs> well, luckily, Ken's there to disagree. Hooray! <laughs> Yeah, Ken apparently has heard that there's a foreign delegation of some sort coming to town to observe typical American high school life. Like, what? Uh, Yeah, then Terry arrives along and says that she's heard about this too. Apparently it's a delegation of teachers because she heard the coach uh, talking about showing around a fellow coach from Germany. Uh, Like, I don't know why this is some kind of cause for excitement, though, to be honest, because this is nothing. Uh, But yeah, Bruce is unimpressed. He's like, it's the same dull, boring routine that happens every time some big shot shows up in Sweet Valley. And uh, yeah, Bruce has a nasty gleam in his eye and reckons maybe he should shake things up a bit. Oh, yes. It's time to bring out the Wheel of Misfortune. (laughs) (laughs) Can you read us out, please? What does Bruce have in mind? (gasps) Find out in Sweet Valley High, number 86, Jessica against Bruce. Oh, another classic is on its Mm. way. Oh, can't wait. Well, that was absolutely superb. Oh my god, that was such good crack. Like it was absolutely deranged and <laughs> such good crack. Oh my it god. It was. I know we got very angry about the unprofessional soap <laughs> production. The working conditions for these people are not good so, at all. Brought back stressful time, my own oh. soap writing days, but uh, I very, very much enjoyed reading about it. I know we have stats and outfits. <laughs> oh my God, do we ever. Okay, uh, let's see where to start. Uh, okay, the stats. So the blondness got four mentions, but if we count the mention on the back of the book, then it's actually five. <laughs> um, the blue-green eyes got five mentions and people roll their eyes six times and just four of those were Liz. <gasps> wow. Hmm. I mean... <laughs> Uh, who were the other two? Uh, oh, let me see. There was Sam and Jess. Oh, oh Jess. Well, yeah. you, probably it's something completely uh, uncalled for. Undeserving yeah. of knowing Jessica. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, but then, my goodness, the outfits. Did oh they deliver? What? Holy shit. Um, yes. So this is the twins heading off to Amy's party uh, early on in the book. So we've got Liz wearing her new ocean blue blouse and a pair of darker blue denim jeans. And I mean, you know, it's a silk blouse. Let's not kill ourselves. My notes actually did say, you know, this blouse is silk. (laughs) There is simply no other kind of blouse in this town. Uh, But like, unsurprisingly, Jessica is absolutely stealing the show, running away with it, like winner all day long. uh, Because she is wearing, actually, not unlike Sam's beach outfit. (gasps) (laughs) She is in a tight fluorescent green miniskirt <gasps> and a matching top. Wow. But that's not, but that's not all. <laughs> so, <laughs> over the top, she wore a sheer shimmery chiffon print blouse oh that was God. tied in a knot <gasps> at her waist. Her earrings dangled to her shoulders and picked up the multitude of colours in her blouse. And oh, oh. God damn, I fucking love that outfit. Oh, <laughs> that sounds sensational. And there oh. are more. Mm. <laughs> my god okay so Liz's oh. Florida retiree outfit <laughs> my god just the barb and star of it all it's oh um... my god it is barb and star that makes me <laughs> like it now if only she was wearing clots <laughs> could only wish so yeah this is what uh, she's wearing when they're heading to LA and Jessica's a bit 
unconvinced about this outfit because, of course, they're going to the auditions. But Liz doesn't know that. So Liz is decked out in in peach chinos and a matching big shirt with a floral applique on the pocket. (laughs) Good, sweet Jesus. I just, like that's just that is a rich old lady yes. in Florida playing golf. Like, that is not a sixteen-year-old at any time in recent history or far-flung history. Like, just no, absolutely not. But I still kind of love it. Um, then, oh my god. Okay, so Natasha, the casting director, this woman is. I don't know what's going on with her, uh, but <laughs> when uh, when the girls meet her for the first time at the auditions at the studio, uh, uh. The, the woman had the most amazing hairdo that Elizabeth had ever seen. It was twisted into a single unicorn type horn on the front of her head and wrapped in multicolored ribbons. Uh, uh, but like, uh, it, it, and it continues, more ribbons dangled from her ears and blended with her blouse, which was also a kaleidoscope <laughs> of ribbons. <laughs> her pants were skin tight, white leather, and her shoes were sequined. Sequins in the daytime, Elizabeth resisted the impulse to burst out laughing. Like, I'm sorry, how are the sequins uh, anything to do with anything right now when this woman is festooned in fucking ribbons like some kind of insane maypole? I have <laughs> no idea what is going on here with this woman's unicorn horn hairstyle I can't even picture it like I don't know what this is meant to look like it is fully demented like what's happening Uh, and it's also like the fact that Elizabeth is is like has to stifle her laughter at sequins in the daytime like she's fucking dowager duchess (laughs) going upstairs to take off my hat like (laughs) I just I genuinely, rem- I re- this is another thing I remember from when I read it first. And I was like, why is that, like, why why is that so hilarious? Why are the sequins the takeaway when there are literally thousands of ribbons all over this world? <laughs> and a maple! <laughs> yes, like, what's happening? Oh, God. Uh, oh, and that's, God. again, not all. So we also have, oh, yes, oh when Jessica Lord. turns up to the luncheon in what we kind of figured as a beach disco outfit and I feel like she has worn exactly this to the beach disco um yes she was wearing a black leather miniskirt uh and a new red blouse and again you know it's silk mm, yes I mean I just mm. assumed but I did yeah. think that yeah a uh it, it didn't seem like a partial luncheon outfit yeah daytime luncheon you'd imagine mm. a summer dress is kind of the way to go there but look what do yeah. we know? Um, so, yes, then the outfit that she gets from the wardrobe department for her first date with uh, Brandon at creepy old Bill Lacey's mansion uh, is a fucking stunning jumpsuit. Um, it's got a red sequined top, <gasps> silk pants, because of course, uh, and there's matching earrings too. She holds up shoulder length dangling sequins and watches them sparkle in the sunlight. And like, that sounds fucking oh, great. It does. <laughs> And then finally, there is the dress that she's wearing on the cover, which uh, is described as Jess being decked out more extravagantly than usual in a floor length royal purple chiffon and lace gown. Like, hell yes. <laughs> well, uh, actually, speechless. They're just, this is, I think, one of the greatest outfit collections of all time. It's like, I mean, if Dana Larson exploded all over a book, it still would have stiff competition from this one. It actually would. Like this yeah. is, this is I, 
cannot remember the last time we had anything even approaching this. I don't know if we ever have had. Uh, I mean, Lila as Princess Diana is up there, but like, that's yeah. that's a pretty impressive rundown right there. Oh, my God. Is, is, uh, is that it? We, I, I, oh. That is it. I'm exhausted. Oh, I know it. <laughs> well, listeners, are you as... as as, I mean, this is exhaustion, but happy exhaustion. A wild, <laughs> wild ride. Um, do let us know what you thought of Soapstar. I mean, have any of you worked on a soap opera? Is this realistic for an American? <laughs> it can't be. In the it 90s? Can be. Please don't say it is. <laughs> I mean, we are very taken aback by all this, but um, we do always love hearing from you. You know that you can find us at Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are on Instagram at svhpodcast, where many of you had uh, had strong thoughts about the um, the stolen diary. Quite a few of you had tales of, of Liz-like behaviour with stealing or with taking your diaries out and about. Or in Pippi Ann Shirley's case, her own daughter uh, taking her diary to uh, to school and and some boys finding it and oh, reading it aloud. God, I know my heart broke at that, but yes. Uh, oh, poor <laughs> Bibi Ann did, of course, uh, console uh, her kid, but all she could do was scream internally, "Why the fuck did you bring your diary to school?" <laughs> Which is very understandable. Uh, and Mary Siren said she did the same when she was in sixth grade. Put my oh. journal to school, wanting to look super cool and mysterious. And of course it got red on my deep dark crush secret spread. Happened to get a summer camp a few years later. <laughs> I'm a slow learner. Mary, no. Oh. I mean, I can understand the impulse to try and look cool and mysterious. But, oh God, I just, oh lads, <laughs> I can't cope. <laughs> Well, hello, Ali, who told us how to uh, pronounce her name. She said that much like Jess becoming Jessa Fields, I turned a nickname into a new first name when I was about 16. I've been telling people that to say it ever since. <laughs> well, she enjoyed the dramatic reading of Where There's a Wilkins, There's a Way, My Heart Wilkins Go. <laughs> I mean, you did a fantastic job, in fairness. <laughs> well, come on, listeners, write some more. Uh, there was also a a very good point from Ernest and Shallow um, about uh, you know making some uh, several great points about Todd and Liz uh, their breakup and why weren't the minions of the Wakefields tormenting Todd's new girl and crucially did Jeffrey move away because Surely he is still out there, heartbroken and hoping Liz and Todd would break up. Wouldn't he be the first person she called, or at least thought of, when Todd dumped her? <sighs> Such a good it's point. So true, and I can't believe we didn't even think of Jeffrey because holy shit, that poor guy! <laughs> like hashtag poor Jeffrey. He <gasps> continues like that poor fucking guy deserves so much better, but he truly has just dropped off the face of the earth in that school. Like it's ridiculous. He really has. Um, by the way. Most of you agreed with Karen that it was Jessica on the cover <laughs> and not Elizabeth. So there you go. We did do a poll, mm. and it was it, there were a lot of uh, a lot of people who whose instinctive uh, thoughts were the same as me and thought that yes. it was Liz. But um, 
No, it, it looks like I've been reading it wrong all these years. Well, there you go. Although I have to say it wasn't as close a result as I kind of, I thought it was going to be a total walkover, but lots of people Ooh. agreed with you and thought it was Liz. And there was like a bracelet in the mix there too that could be read as a watch strap. Oh, so that was kind true. of working in your favour too. But yep. you know, the right side won and that's, uh, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Yes, we did. Uh, there was there was there was keen voting and commenting on this on this very very important issue that affects us all. <laughs> we cover the real issues here on Top of Love. <laughs> we did, um, and uh, yes, we got um, uh, a uh, a few um, comments about. Uh, uh, Sh- Shannon Schultz said. What kind of girl in her right mind would steal a boy from a Wakefield twin? Is she new in town? Does she not know the universe resolves, revolves around them? Or that Jessica is a full-grown psychopath who can hold a grudge longer than time itself? <laughs> Truly, like, does Peggy have a death wish? Is that what was happening? <laughs> oh. Shannon also said, where is Jeffrey French? Is he shoved in the boot of a car somewhere? Oh, no. <laughs> Poor Jeffrey. Justice for Jeffrey. Like, my God. <sighs> Oh, well, listeners, we uh, we do always love hearing from you. And if you like hearing from us, you can get a dose of Sweet Valley <laughs> hijinks in your ears <laughs> every single week by signing up to Headstuff Plus and joining Pi Beta Alpha. That's right. Yes. So if you head over to headstuffpodcast.com, you can sign up and subscribe. You can support the show. You can spread your your money across uh, up to three shows if you like, if you want to spread the love. Uh, Yeah. But if you do so, you get access to all of our bonus content, which is our Pi Beta Alpha series where we recap the absolutely deranged and hilarious TV show uh, episode by episode. And we just have such a good time doing it. It's tremendous fun. So do join us if you haven't signed up yet, because it is... It's, it's such good crack, honestly, lads. We're oh. so attached to this show now. We're so invested in everybody <laughs> and we're just having a great time with it. We really are. And we know that all our Pi Beta Alpha uh, members seem to have joined the cult of the TV show too. Because we all have very strong feelings about it, which I think is a surprise to all of us. I but, think we've all been caught off guard by that for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, when we started doing the doing Pi Beta Alpha, you know, we we knew we'd be able to to have some fun with it. But I I'm actually surprised that uh, at how much we have genuinely like got actual pleasure from the show mm. and have a genuine affection for a lot of the characters. Absolutely, like I I fucking love these guys. It's great, and like you know, it show it throws in these unexpected deep cuts that are absolutely fucking thrilling when we get them because we don't always. Let's be, let's be yes, real. I mean, Peggy Abbott showed up ages ago in it, and we were like, "Who the fuck is this?" Only for her to turn up in canon, and it was like, "Well, that showed us." It really did. Also, for some reason, last week I kept saying "deep dive" when I meant to uh, to say "deep cut." <laughs> <laughs> that's the same general idea you know <laughs> what I mean. that's what matters <laughs> well yeah uh, by the way maybe the non-Pi Beta Alpha members can answer uh, a mystery that was troubling us last week is there a teacher in the books called Mr Perini because they've been actually mm. pretty accurate with the teachers so far and a Mr Perini turned up and we were like is this another case like you know yeah, where where we are convinced somebody will never show up or never turn uh, mm. turn up in the series again, or has never been in the books, and then suddenly they're there. Uh, mm. So, uh, Mister Perini, ring any bells, anybody? Let us yeah. know. Not so far anyway. Although I think Waterware did get in touch to say that there's no Mister Perini in the books, and she's quite the authority on uh, 
on on Sweet Valley High. Her collection is stunning, so you need to go check oh, out her uh, her okay. Instagram. That's true. There's no way she if she didn't know, surely nobody knows. So yeah, that's true. Mm. Well, listeners, we will see our Pi Beta Alpha sisters in the clubhouse next week, where. Uh, it's uh, it's it's something about two Bruce two and Jessica taking over the Moon Beach. Mm. The, the description of this episode was very vague. It really was. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back here in the main feed uh, in two weeks' time. Oh yes, but we're going to have something a little unexpected. Yes, we are because it's our hundredth episode. What? Fucking hell. how did that happen (laughs) seriously how i mean thank you everybody for uh continuing to listen to the show and uh, so enabling (laughs) us to do it for this long (laughs) who knew there was so much to say about sweet valley um and to celebrate of course we have to do a uh a special and because it is spring in ireland anyway We've got a we've got a little uh, spring fever going on. Oh my goodness! It's time to get rooting. It's time to get tooting. Oh! We're going to fucking Kansas. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> there may not be any OTGs, but there may be RTCs, written tooting cowboys. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, the uh, the the co- the back cover blurb uh, promises double the fun. <gasps> we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> you can't just go around saying things like that <laughs> so yes Pi Beta Alpha Sisters see you next week everybody else see you in two weeks when we find out what happens when the Wakefield twins are stricken <gasps> with spring fever <laughs> see you then everybody thanks for listening bye This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade.